0: God if you're listening.
1: God if you're there. No <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no no licks for Durden.
1: <laughs> no licks
2: at all. No licks. Put a Durden. towel in his mouth. No licking. No.
0: What? The? Dustin. <laughs> Dustin me, meet yourself. <laughs> Lord.
1: Let me go ahead and note this down. That time mark that'll be the opening to the podcast
3: this week. <laughs>
2: Hey guys, it's Terrence Mann.
0: You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go, Nose.
3: Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka P Dub, and How. So, we're listening
4: to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go, Nose.
2: Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go, Nose.
4: This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day.
2: No Bloody but perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. It's great, it's Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? man I, I could wake up to that greeting
5: every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spears, presented to you by No Game Day.
2: James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida the or Die, and go Nose. William Barnum
1: Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are starting off with laughs and happiness here on the show on this wonderful Wednesday. going to be one of our last Wednesdays on the show because basketball season is coming up and Austin has told us and put a gun to our head that we have to start recording on Thursday night. So, no comment there on that. But starting have- next Thursday. Yep.
5: Yeah. Next Thursday, we'll, we'll be going back to Thursdays like we did in the all season. I can't wait
1: Thursday nights. So but we are going to be moving the showtime a little bit earlier. We're still don't have a confirmed time for that, but I'll be we I'll want be here sure on Wednesdays. Pa- yeah, Nate's going to be here by himself on Wednesdays talking to himself, which he can do really well. I've learned. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, thanks guys for tuning in with us. There's a lot of news to go over to uh, tonight. We'll also be going over the 2021-2022 FSU basketball season preview with Austin, of course, with us. And then also we'll be joined by Arya Masoudi, along with Adrian Crawford. We'll be having them at 9.30, so in about an hour from here. So I've got a lot of quick hitters to go through with me this evening. We've got Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor, editor at nolgamedy.com, along with Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer. And Nate Greer, who said that it's been a crazy day for Florida State. It has been a wild one, gentlemen. Has been a it's been one of those crazy ones, but we're here. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk Clemson final thoughts. We'll talk Chubba Purdy entering the transfer portal. Practice observations from this le- from this week. AJ Duffy latest there. Jameis Winston, PJ Williams, Cam Akers. Some NFL notable stories to talk about, along with Buster Posey just broke earlier this evening that he plans on retiring. And we'll get into the NC State game and preview that along with giving score predictions and then for the rest of the podcast we're going to talk basketball and get ready for the season ahead so i'm excited before you guys uh before we get started make sure you guys hit the like button subscribe if you're on youtube itunes spotify subscribe there so you'll be notified every time we go live but we've only got an hour to go through quick hitters and preview this nc state game so let's get rolling right off the bat with first let's give last final thoughts on fsc versus clemson i don't know nate you kind of go and look at these games a lot and you write a few, you write a few pieces recapping these. And I know you have your top five plays that changed the game, but man, it, you know, now looking back at this game and having a little bit more time, because I know we talked about the instant reaction. I mean, Florida state was so close at leaving death Valley with the win last Saturday.
0: Yeah, they were. You no, know, if you really watch it and pay attention though, they were very close to a 10 point win. You know, I, I and I, I say that very, that's realistic. You know, they, yeah, they got shut down in the run game. Um, but there were still, there were still a lot of open things there. You know, uh, I know that people have been really harping on Norvell and harping on, on Dillingham. But I, I thought they called it a really good game offensively. It just came down to lack of execution and, and you know, the situational bad penalties that just shot him in the foot. Um, you know, I, I think the defense overall played pretty well, you know, I I think they played well enough for Florida State to win. Um, yeah, you know, there's no moral victories and, and I'm not taking a moral victory out of, out of that game, but you know, Florida State lost that game because of FSU. You know, the, it's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow, you know, as a player that you, know, you left, you know, 10 to 14 points out there on the field, which would have been a you know, a nice W for, for, th- for this team and a four straight when G- to get to four and four and make, make a bowl, you know, a, a, a really legitimate possibility, you know, now, you know, they're at, you know, probably like a, a 30, 40% possibility. So it tough game. Um, you know, I I think that, you know, Clemson may be fine a little bit with Shipley you know, he's healthy now. Um, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not too upset with the game. I'm pretty disappointed overall with the with the execution on the offensive line. You know, they definitely got their tails kicked, which is going to be something I'm going to talk about with NC State. You know, it's another really stout front front line. You know, they're number seven in the country against the run. So here again lies the game for FSU that they have to, you know, probably going to have to throw the ball better than they have in order to win this game. So, you know, uh. You know, my my final thought is that Florida State's still in the right right direction. Um it's again they should have won. And, and I still think they have confidence. I don't think it's necessarily a confidence killer. I just think that maybe, you know, it, it's more motiv- it's motivation that, hey, you know, we lost this one, we lost it close. And, you know, we could have had this. So, you know, let's bounce back and, and, and move forward to to next week.
5: Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's as much as they should have won or as if they could have won. They should have won. I, I, I can't go that far. Just because when, when, when you have nine penalties, obviously awesome. not all of them. Uh... We have nine penalties, even if we don't agree with all of them. <laughs> and Clemson has six penalties, but they're only for 25 yards. Like that, That's the tough part. When you can't get the run game going, and that's what Florida State is, they're a run-first team. When you can't get that going, I'm not going to expect them to win. And I certainly don't expect them to win when you'll have 100 yards of offense in the second half. It, mm-hmm. It, it did come down to execution. Guys weren't making plays. And, and a little bit of it was Travis was just dancing around too much instead of trying to get the ball out quick. But I agree with you that I thought the coaches called a pretty good game offensively. It's just they weren't making the plays.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also wondering if they were open. I mean...
0: They were. Was- you know, the seat when receivers were open more than, more than you think. You know, if you rewatch the game, yeah, you can't really tell tell because the, the, the view sucks, but Florida State had had guys open. You know, the offensive line let them down. They played played the. I think probably I think they played the worst game, um, of the season. Of the season. but yeah, yeah. You know, some some of that was on Clemson, but you know I think some of that too was was, was on the offensive line with, you know, they pissed on their leg a little bit.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean the offensive line got whipped. I felt like just about every running play the running backs were getting hit in the backfield right after the snap. And you guys mentioned it. I mean, the Mm -hmm. pre-snap penalties that put Florida state behind the chains and over the over the three game winning streak, Florida state really established its running game showed that that's the backbone of this offense. And when you shut that down, I mean, there's just not a whole lot to work with through the air, especially if you're not hitting those deep shots, which Travis obviously came up just a little bit long on that Mm -hmm. one throw to to Keyshawn Heldon. That probably should have been a touchdown and,
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like I
2: said, with the running game getting shut down, Florida State they just couldn't put together consistent drives. Now they
1: have big time we, trouble. We talked
0: about that. We we talked about that in the preview. You know, for State had to hit those chunk plays, and, and how different is the game if they hit that? How different is it if if Helton catches that third down when they were driving? You know, how different is it if I, I still know, think to, that
5: throws on Travis? Like yes, no, no, problem, no, for sure. You you got to put it, it in was. stride.
0: It it was, but it hit his hands. You still got to catch it. Players got to make plays. You know, players got to make plays, and not not everything's gonna be perfect. Yeah, the, you know, you know, you know, I'm not 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 a Chavez defender. You and I know, are on the same page as that. But you got you got to pull that in. But no, you know, I'm not disagreeing. But you also
5: got to – If you put that in stride, yeah. he's getting 15 yards instead of six. It, oh, it, it was just yeah, for us. sure.
0: Yep. <laughs> <You> know, how <laughs> different is it if Sashawn Ward doesn't fumble after, you know, after the turnover you know, with great field position, So, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Now moving on to NC State.
1: Yeah, no, had had potential there and had opportunities, but just really ugly for Florida State penalty-wise. I mean, I think that was just terrible things. And there were some, mm-hmm. some calls that were definitely controversial, but, I mean, overall, there were still mistakes being made where you're ruining drives. I mean, they've been doing so well at sustaining those drives. And once again, they go mm-hmm. back to their bad habits. And, you know, that's another T- – reason why penalties. Mike Novella said there's a lot of growth that mm-hmm. still has to go on and they're not ready for these yep. big games. You know, we wrote multiple articles recapping it, but one of them being, you know, they're just not ready for these big be on the spotlight like this and get away and big moments with wins and, and these games. So still, still a lot of work uh, to be done.
0: It, 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 you know, takeaway is that it's the first, you know, rivalry again, that Florida States look competitive in, in, in how long. So, you know they didn't go out and lay down and get their asses kicked. You know they they fought and yeah, it's not a great Clemson team, but still, you know that they they went out there and they they competed the entire entire game. And they had a the chance yeah. to win on last possession.
5: Yeah, coming into the season, if if you tell every Florida State fan, hey, you're gonna have the ball down four at Clemson with a minute left, I
0: think everybody takes that because yeah, Man, I'm this not. This is what we we're I'm not counting the, the last score. I'm not kind of uh, Yeah, kidding. I'm not either. <laughs> that was it was that, that, that was 2420.
5: <laughs> it was a 2420 game, and it was the baddest bad beat of all time. Mm-hmm. Anybody that uh, Florida State plus nine point five was kicking themselves.
1: Oh, they're so mad. I think they did think, worse than that. I think Dave.
0: You know, how many had people had 100k on that? Yeah, how, how many people broke something when that happened? <laughs> <laughs> the I almost, certainly, oh yeah. so mad. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't, guy why I don't gamble just balling on the ball. Come yeah, I, that's on. why I don't either.
5: That's why I don't gamble. Because like, I, mean, I still don't yeah. understand partially pitching it back in the first place. You're at the 40 with two blockers. Go up field. Mm-hmm.
1: But whatever. Yeah. Oh, no well. comment. We, we move on coverage-wise, and we get prepped for NC State later in the show. We will be giving score predictions and previewing that game, too. So, we'll get to that. Let's get into the big one from the day. Breaking news this early afternoon. Quarterback. Chubba Purdy has entered the plans on entering the transfer portal. And he is going to be leaving Florida State, kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, and, you know, didn't get to see him at practice both days this week. And it kind of makes sense there. You know, there's a bug going around right now, you know, with the flu and around campus. And thought maybe that might have been why we didn't see number 12 out there this week at practices. But nope, Trevor Purdy actually has entered uh, the transfer portal and is going to be moving on from Mike Norbell and staff. The, the, what are y'all's first thoughts on that? And then I'll get to the message part that he put out. For Sucks. me, it's just, wow. I mean,
2: completely unexpected uh, from my point of view, you know, because looking at the quarterback situation uh, going into 2022, it really looked like it would be Jordan Travis, Purdy, and, and A.J. Duffy competing for that starting job and you know people we were all kind of hoping year three purdy would finally be able to to take those steps and become the quarterback of the future like a lot of us thought he would be when he signed with florida state in december 2019 and obviously he's went through a lot with the injuries but i don't know i thought it was a little early for him to decide to dip out without really getting a fair shot and having a full off season going through everything
5: that's kind of how I see it. I mean, we, we all expected him to be able to battle for QB1 next year, and now he doesn't even want to be a part of it. I was pretty surprised, because especially the flashes he showed this year, they looked really good. Um, he, he had a weird off season where we weren't quite sure where his mind was, how the shoulder was. Comes back to campus, looks great, and everyone's like, okay. We let, we let him sit behind Milton, who's been there, done that, get another year in the system, and then for, for 2022, he, he has a good chance to be QB1, but... It's a tough blow. Now you have to get, you pretty much have to get another transfer quarterback this offseason. Whether it's, you know, I forget their names, but the quarterback at UCF who's good friends with Milton, quarterback at Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be names out there, but it's tough. Uh, I was really looking forward to seeing Chubb play Mm -hmm. next year.
0: Yeah. For me, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You're close with them
1: on your, on, on, during his recruitment.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we stayed in touch with them. You know, through Uncocker Talk, we had him on the podcast. You know, I've, you know, stayed in touch with him here and there, you know, through his time at Florida State. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm not surprised that it happened. I'm surprised at the timing itself, though. Um, yeah. and, and I know, you know, when I put it out on Twitter, you know, I, I think everyone's forward thinking it's, it's a good thing. You know, Florida State's fan base is like divided. You still have the people that still wish for Jeff Sims, which I don't understand. And, and then you, and then you had the people that, you know, we're, we're pro Purdy. And and for me, you know, I, I look at it as, as this, you know, Florida state picked him to be the quarterback. Well, specifically went after him. Um, you know, he had the injury, you know, as Dustin said, you know, if that shoulder injury doesn't happen, you know, he starts last year. And, and I agree with, with that comment is, you know, what happens going up to the, you know, this year, you know, is, is he the starter? I, you can't, you can't say no to that, you know. You know he had a really good chance to, to start multiple games as a freshman, but you know for, for the injury, the bad timing, and some stuff off the field, not going to really get into here. Um, you know he had to deal with some stuff. You know that he he lost some focus. Um, you know went and had to have another surgery on the shoulder, went home. You know did some rehab, got it, got his mind right, and came back. You know by all reports you know he's not he's a freshman y'all i mean come on he's really two years in the system and i think some people have some unreal expectations and and, you know everyone wants to have an opinion on on you know what a quarterback is and oh he's from arizona so he's not good i don't understand some of the forestay's fans thinking and i know it's the nature of the game now you know quarterbacks aren't going to stay you know, you look at Georgia, they have four guys now. I think there's going to be some turnover there. You look at Bama, Ohio State, LSU, every program is having it. Um, but for, for Florida State, for me, my opinion is, is that, you know, I don't like it because I think you need some continuity um, at that position. So you, you look at next year, um, you go into spring with three scholarship quarterbacks. You got Travis, you got – Kate Rodemaker, and then you have a- AJ Duffy who's going to enroll early. So, what does that look like? You know, they- they're going to have to go to the portal, in my-, my opinion. I know, you know, another website put out that they don't think that State is going to go to the portal. I, I-, 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 I kind of disagree with that. I think they're going to have to. You can't go into a season with three quarterbacks. You know, it doesn't matter what you have walk on wise. I know they're talking to Castellanos, you know, and maybe they're talking to him as a quarterback. So, maybe that interest is has peaked there, um, but I I just don't, I don't like it because I don't like the lack of continuity there. You know, so you're not gonna have to bring another guy that hasn't been in the system, um, a guy who's new to the system. And and I I thought that Chuba had a future here um, just because of, you know, his athleticism, you know, he he can throw the ball, you know, know, knowing some people and having some relationships with people that are in the program, you know, they like what they saw from him, you know, this season in practice and everything. So, you know, my opinion that it is a loss. Um, I know, you know, he's not, you know, hasn't been a world beater, but he's still young, but, you know, he's made the decision to pursue other options, pursue a chance to play more. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Mike, and, you said, you know. On, one more thing. Sorry. And, and, uh, and then you look at what Florida state may, may face this weekend with, with Travis possibly being sick. You know, so what does that look like for this week? You know, that hurts. That hurts when when you you know Milton hasn't necessarily been that great. You know, the story is great, but his play hasn't been great. You know, Tate Watermaker. You know, it's been Tate Watermaker not really ready for the for extended playing time. So you know that puts FSU in a bind now. So I'm not I'm not digging it.
2: Yeah, and like you said, Nate, I mean, definitely a depth problem at quarterback now with only three scholarship signal callers going into the offseason. Obviously, Travis has some experience, but then you've got a guy in Tate Rodemaker who hasn't played a ton in his time in Tallahassee. A.J. Duffy will obviously be coming in as a true freshman early enrollee, so that doesn't make me necessarily comfortable approaching uh, fall of 2022 with three scholarship quarterbacks. One of them being Jordan Travis, who, you know, with his style of play, obviously has a propensity to take some hits, get banged up a little bit. So I agree. I mean, Florida State, they're definitely going to need to at least evaluate the transfer market. And if if there's an option that fits, why not? I mean, Miles Brennan from LSU recently under the portal. Harrison Bailey from Tennessee. We actually heard today from a source that Florida State has at least kicked the tires on Harrison Bailey. So we'll see if that leads into anything more moving forward.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Trevor Purdy wrote in a message to FSU fans saying, I want to thank the Seminole fans and Florida state community for all their support during my time at Florida state. After careful consideration and discussion with my family, I'll be moving on towards new beginnings. With that said, I will be entering the transfer portal. Thank you. And God bless. It seemed kind of something just real quick, had to get it out there. Kind of deal. y'all. Usually, you know, Mm -hmm. things are on both sides are connected well and, Everything's fine on both ends. There's usually a graphic made and something more formal than that.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you there were a couple people, you know, on the team that were surprised. I didn't even know about it. So I -hmm. I, I think this caught some people by surprise. Not like I said, not necessarily the fact that he's leaving, but maybe the timing in, in, in of itself. So
1: yeah. It's definitely a little odd the timing is way off than what we might have expected mm-hmm. now right now you're going into this Saturday we'll see on you know fully potential wise of your quarterback room but you've got Milton now along with Tate Rodemaker and Jordan Travis who you know sometimes throughout you know throughout his years career wise he gets dinged up here and there and you just don't know his availability wise uh, throughout the season so you know the quarterback room right now just got really thin and you know looking at practices he was splitting a lot of the qb2 reps with milton you know he was getting a ton of reps and i thought he was really engaged he was listening he played very well the last few weeks i thought he's played really well and along with the, with the umass game he, he, he was you know that's umass that's not a really good team but still i thought he looked a lot more confident than he first did last year so it's sure. just such a just such a little tricky situation we'll see if we hear more it's not even you know, it's just been a few hours, but, um, if we hear anything more, make sure you guys stay tuned to NoGameDay.com. day.com. Uh, let's jump into a little kind of, we'll don't need to jump too much into this craziness of practice observations, but like Norvell had mentioned a lot of players out this week dealing with the bug. Uh, we'll see how that affects Saturday, but a few players have mentioned that I thought had a pretty good week. Jordan Wilson had a phenomenal day. Um, Making grabs, I thought his route running was a lot more faster than his past practices. I think he saw this past Saturday on how he was being used and thinks that he can maybe up that more and get some more opportunities for later in the season. So I thought he had a great week of practice. And Jermaine Johnson is just Jermaine Johnson. and He continues just to kind of make things look silly. I think he had a pick six today in practice um, and I think three sacks. So uh, just Jermaine Johnson and just being Jermaine Johnson. Um, but nothing too crazy notable out of practice. Just some guys dinged up from Clemson and this bug going around and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, now it's going to be worth it to get into that press box early on uh Saturday. Dustin, luckily you don't, you won't be there, but we're going to have to get in there quite <laughs> early to see who's available <laughs> now, now, now I actually have to get in there early and see what's going on. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on that on Saturday. So nothing too crazy to note out of practice. Um, Let's talk in, about this A.J. Duffy situation. What is happening here? I mean, it's just quarterback craziness right now. The current well, well, 2022 well, commit. let we'll, we'll Duffy drama.
0: We'll, we'll let Dustin Max forward it because he thinks he knows everything about the situation. So you go first.
2: I don't think I know everything about the situation, but um, I'll talk about it first. I did get a, a text from a source yesterday. And I didn't necessarily wanted to put it out until I kind of heard heard some more. And, you know, obviously stuff started brewing um, earlier this afternoon. But FSU quarterback commit A.J. Duffy apparently has left IMG Academy with, I think, two games left in the season. And at least from from my source, they said that he was struggling a little bit with the IMG offense, not playing as well. And he only completed um, three passes on Friday night in a close victory didn't talk to reporters afterwards. So that's what I have from my side. Nate doesn't necessarily agree with it.
0: Um yeah, I don't agree with it. I think it's I think it's a little uh reckless, in my opinion. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how a team that is putting up forty multiple games, lowest score is twenty four points, struggles. I don't get it. And I know they've gone you know, slightly, you know, towards a run, you know, I would too with, with Allen and Stacy gauge, you know, I get it. Yeah. They've got but, dogs there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't agree with it, you know, for an offense to put that many points, the quarterback has to play above average or, or has to do more than just struggling with the offense. I, I don't, I don't buy it. Um, I I just disagree with it. Um, I I know that Duffy sat out last year. You know, you guys have to understand, too, it's a new offense. It's also a new new head coach. It's a new head coach with a different um, game plan. Uh, I think he's more old school than what he likes to do. Um, So, you know, everyone needs to relax, man. That's why why my name is Everyone Freak Out. Everyone just (laughs) needs to relax and let things play out, man. Like, you know. And I, I I get it, and I said it, and people like jumped on my throat. You know, not everyone goes to IMG and has a lot of su- success. Sometimes you just tread water, and, and and you make it through. Now I've been in and around that program off and on for seven years, so you know I've got stories on a lot of a lot of guys who've gone there. You know, I, I was one of the ones that thought McLean was going to struggle, just based off mm-hmm. of what his time was at IMG. But he, he's been a, a completely opposite of what people expected. I know he's a receiver, whatever. My point is that you can't really take it, you know, a, 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 as 100% truth if someone says that A, B, C is struggling, you know, or or this person has not been good. Um, My opinion is that someone or a team that puts up the points they are, the quarterback isn't struggling. Maybe he's struggling with other things, but, you know, on, on the field, it's just first – it's like a damn all-star team, y'all. You know how often do these guys play together? Mm-hmm. You know where's the continuity? I know that's a word that I have said a couple times today, but you get a fall camp and you get practice. A lot of these kids are going to IMG on a one-year deal. You know, trying to get recognition and trying to get exposure. You know, after playing mm-hmm. three years at another school, so l- let's take some things into with consideration as well. Yep, you know who's who's mm-hmm. struggled mightily this year at IMG. So let's just all relax a little bit and, and let things run its course.
2: And I will say at least from another website's perspective, it's been reported that Duffy is dealing with um,
0: some injury. sort of hand injury. That,
2: yeah.
0: Another injury. But I haven't heard is, that from my side.
3: Yeah. It,
0: as of yet. yeah. Which is, which is still another, another injury back to back years. So I get it, you know, everyone's definitely an interested
1: and who knows?
2: I mean, you know, if he has been dealing with a hand injury, that could explain a little bit of why his performance is, has been affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, not for nothing, if he wants to go focus on getting at Florida State early, I'm all about it. Florida State needs that guy. So, you know, they need him in spring or, or else, you know, you're looking at two guys in, in, in spring, two scholarship quarterbacks in spring. So. Whatever gets him at Florida it. State healthy and ready, I don't care.
2: Mm-hmm. And you're seeing it with uh, another Florida State commitment, defensive tackle, Bishop Thomas, who obviously mm-hmm. pledged to Florida State over the summer. And then he elected to sit out his senior season to kind of rest up, um, focus on academics, and and be fully mm-hmm. healthy upon arriving at Florida State. So and you know Travis Hunter obviously got dinged up earlier this season. We'll see Rodney if he got any anymore senior year. Yeah, I was going to speak about Hill. He actually Hill told me I think it was over the weekend that he was he was back practicing. At least I don't know mm-hmm. if he plans to plan another game, but it sounds like that that recovery is going pretty well.
1: It's something to keep an eye on. We'll, we'll try to get the latest on that. Make sure you guys are in the yes, Discord sir. too. It's going to be interesting to watch. How this uh, works out, but I'd still plan on early enrolling. So uh, you know, talk- I, as
0: soon as Austin gives him a call to do an update, I'm sure we'll know more. Yeah, once Austin <laughs> gives us the recruiting updates on the yep, football yep, side was, of things, what, I think that's yep, that's what's, what's gonna
1: fix this team. Once Austin yes, starts getting involved with football recruiting, well, it's exactly gonna fix it. it.
5: I
0: don't think it's he just it. doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know it yet, but he is <laughs> he he's at the holy grail of, of FSU getting back to the elite status is Austin VC calling recruits
1: yep and doing never going to happen early national sign day like we got to get you on this soon yep. you're going to have your own show you and Nate
0: i know the nate and I austin show uh, you know <laughs> imagine that you know I, I appreciate already, the I already had, I already had the logo i already had the logo in my head right now man you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my broken ukuleles and man our
0: first our, our first, first to be our, our first guest to be Devin Travis. <laughs> I don't know if it would work out that
1: well. I don't know if it would work out that well for you all, at least for you, Nate. It would be entertaining, though. I'm all for content, so I think it would be great. Uh, let's move into a few, a few more things here before we get into the preview for <laughs> NC State. Uh, Not-so-great news. Uh, former Noel Jameis Winston. Uh, was facing the Bucks this past Saturday. This was going to be his revenge game, and I guarantee it. He was about to blow them out of the stadium. Uh, tears his ACL, along with having some damage to his MCL. Nate and, Nate and I both know about that kind of knee damage BS, and it definitely sucks. But just to see Jameis go down with that, and who was having a great game, and you could tell that he was – Poised to really actually have a mm-hmm. really good game, I thought he was looking solid and he was making mm-hmm. plays where nothing was open and working with targets that no one knows who their names are except for Antonio Callaway. Um. Anyways, james Winston. First
0: of all, marcus <laughs> <Antonio laughs> played Callaway. Antonio Oh, right? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, no. Morgan know know his name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. I don't even know his name, so that's you no. Know, he's saying. making he's plays Jerry working working ice, with nothing. You no. Know. Yeah, you know, Jerry Rice, you know, Heinz Ward. You know, yeah. I would get that one right because I know for sure he ain't a stealer. But, uh, yeah, no, really, really tough news. And for us to be close with Jameis' camp, you know, and hearing the news, they were definitely really sad. But they did say, you know, they feel really confident that he's going to work his tail off to get back. And that's something I can definitely see. But really, that was really rough to watch.
0: He's playing well, man. Like, he was running the ball with purpose, man. Like, like, you could tell he was motivated for that game. Um, weird injury though, like his foot gets caught in turf and, you know, you just see it happen. It sucks. You know, there are a couple of people, you know, mentioned that it was a dirty hit, you know, no, you know, I don't think you know, it's a dirty hit. D- no. Now Devin White shouldn't have to address that after the game, but he did talking about how, you know, James is one of the first people he heard from after they won the Super Bowl. So you know, it's just part of the game and it sucks mm-hmm. because, you know, he, worked his tail off this off season. It's probably the best shape he's ever been in, um, in, in his career. And I, you know, yeah, yeah, they haven't been as dynamic uh, as they were with, with, Drew Brees, but you know, we've talked about it here is just a lack of playmakers he's had. So he's been able to, uh, facilitate an offense and making things happen. But, you know, I think that team's going to take a massive step back with, you know, Taysom Hill and, um, What's his face? Whoever I don't even remember Simeon, his name. Trevor Simeon. Yeah, yeah, Trevor Simeon. So, it sucks, man. It sucks to see that happen.
2: Yeah, it it definitely sucks. You know, it was it was absolutely a a horse collar penalty. I think the odd angle of the tackle, like with him reaching behind Jameis and getting him on like the opposite upper side of the shoulder pad, mm-hmm. kind of went into to the odd landing and Jameis's legs getting twisted up there. I mean, it's just – it's an unfortunate play. You know, it's football. It happens. Um, for Jameis Winston, I, I can't think of a time when he really missed a, a long stretch due to injury. I mean, he's gotten banged up here and there throughout his football career, but never really a, a serious injury like this. And and like you said, Logan, I mean, he's going to attack the rehab process. This is a guy who who really does grind. He, he puts in the work. So I've got no doubt that he's going to put his full focus into that after surgery and, you know, hopefully – be able to get back at it because we got to remember, you know, he's on a one year deal right now, going to be a free agent in the off season. So he's going to need to work his tail off. And if he can't land back with new Orleans, new Orleans, hopefully get an opportunity elsewhere.
0: Yeah. That's a good point, man. That's a good point, Dustin. This was a money year for him. Mm -hmm. It's very
1: unfortunate. He was having a fantastic year statistically guys. I mean, every week, I mean, he was erasing what the, you know, the the bad season that he had before. Yeah. You no, know, mm-hmm. he was erasing a lot of that. And not a lot of, everybody likes to talk about the bad times of Jameis. And Jameis is obviously meme central, everything. He's one of the most mm-hmm. electric players to watch. He's extremely entertaining. He's great for the NFL. I mean, he's fantastic. But the thing about him didn't get a lot of much talk about this season because he's playing damn well. And that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. But of course you get the meme and get him dancing after the game. But I mean, that's just who he is. I mean funny. he already knew what happened. He came out of the ten and kind of probably knew that that was that was it. The season was over for him. But to see him and mm-hmm. how the connection that he has and the teammates that he that he's already built there and like that that relationship is huge. And Sean Payne saying he was crying coming back into the locker room once he saw Jameis and the air cast and on crutches and everything just goes to show who Jameis is as a person. And you know he's going to work his ass off this off season, and he's also going to do a lot of stuff off the field too, and what he does for the community. There's so many things that they don't even know what he does for what he's already done for New Orleans and what he's already still doing too for Tampa, but he's, he's played a big vital role in community side for new Orleans too. So um, we'll just see how that works. And if Sean Payton wants to be stupid, I mean, he still has me blocked. We made a deal that he was going to unblock me if Jameis started, but still hasn't done that. If he wants to be stupid and let Jameis walk, thank you. I'll see you in Pittsburgh, Jameis. I'll be at your first game. I'll be the first person to get the Jersey too. So
2: I will I say w- though, you know, Jameis was really, Proven that he could put those turnover woes behind him. He had 14 touchdowns to three picks, so nearly a five-to-one touchdown interception ratio. Mm -hmm. And what was really, honestly, a pretty limited New Orleans offense and never really felt like they opened up the system for him. You know, you can think back to the Drew Brees days, and they were a high-octane passing attack, whereas this season they, they focused a lot more on the running game with having Alvin Kamara obviously and the limitations at wide receiver it felt like in the beginning of that first quarter against Tampa Bay they were finally starting to turn it up a little bit because they came out on offense um the first play was was an empty set Jameis throwing to five wide and I think they passed their first four straight plays or, mm-hmm. or whatever so I mean they were finally going to give him a shot
1: and then that has to happen it sucks yeah and I don't think I don't think Sean Payne's gonna get I don't think he's going to move on from Jameis. I think he saw and liked what he got from Jameis this year. Um, and he's just really great for that locker room too. Young, still going to – you know, talented guy. I, I think he'll be fine. He's not, his play style is not all so sophisticated on running, rolling around anywhere. Well, so. You saw
2: you saw how many uh, big players from New, for uh, New Orleans went over into that blue medical tent to go, you know, say a few words to Jameis and check on him. and
1: mm-hmm. Alan Kamara that. being he, one of them. Always, yeah. Michael Thomas. Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram Jeez. just got there that week, and you know, obviously, and, ah, it's so irritating because I thought, I mean, hey, Melvin Ingram, Ingram is really just work. Mark Ingram, sorry, I'm thinking Melvin Ingram because he just got traded from uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Too many me friggin' names. I'm just playing games with y'all tonight. I'm just making sure this You're is like all a test. Three. This is midseason how, check. We're, I'm just testing you guys. I can't just Luggan, sit here. And how just how let many beers go do you by. have
0: before we started tonight?
1: Not enough. That's a thing. I've but been limiting to my beers also. lately. I do need a Celsius. I do need a Celsius. That's why I always have him here. I can just snatch open one and be be good to go. I can go work out of the gym tonight. Um, but yeah, Jameis, that stuff sucks. PJ Williams, though. I well, first of all, I hate Tom Brady. I think a majority of us do screw him. Uh, but PJ Williams, pick six on Tom Brady. Like, this would have just been the perfect day. The perfect day, man, would have been the perfect day to watched pj williams Jameis celebrate after the game after obliterating i think i think with james staying there i think they would obliterate the, the bucks but yeah pj williams pick six on tom brady not a lot of players get to say that in their career i bet that ball is already in a glass case somewhere but shout out to pj williams man i mean they moved him into a different kind of role mm-hmm. uh, i think they started that last year where he's not just two a straight years up ago. corner guy two years ago mm-hmm. but he's he he played well i mean he's been playing well the last couple of weeks now being able to watch the saints a little bit more with Jameis being there and P.J. Williams snags the pick six, man. And it's good to see these guys. I mean, this is a long, lengthy career for Williams. And, yeah, the Saints love him. Yeah, uh, when he's going then, into year 7 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, heck. With the same hurt, man. organization. Yeah, PJ, the same organization.
0: Darby, Terrence Brooks, you know, they've yeah. all, all been able to sustain.
1: Mm-hmm. They have. And then let's talk a little bit of Cam Akers here. Starting to seem seem like he's getting back. He, I don't think he's human. I don't know how he's doing this. Austin's shaking his it's head, in, it's not insane understanding how this is working. But
5: hasn't even been four months since uh, the Achilles
1: pair. How is this happening?
5: Because like, we, we all made fun of the Clemson Pack-Up quarterback for doing it. We're, we mm-hmm. towards Achilles in the spring game. And we're like, how is he back in August? How is he cleared to play? Yeah. I can't make it so, like, Makes no sense because this is usually a, a year recovery. If you make it back in 10 mm-hmm. months, you're lucky. To see it happen with Clemson in five months, and now Cam Akers is doing the same thing. It's like, what breakthrough happened with Achilles surgeries lately? Well,
0: mm-hmm. oh, I wonder if it was a complete tear. I don't know. I don't know. Let me call but, him real quick. But it, th- th- those th- those guys are, you know, freaks. Freaks right? in nature. Cook.
1: He he is a freak. You know? Yeah. Now, yeah. Dallin's freak. Cam's freak. And then these guys take really good care of their bodies, mm-hmm. both you know, physically, diet wise, everything. Like I actually know exactly what they eat every night. So. I mean, because uh, I mean, uh, I
5: mean, everyone said it was a miracle when Adrian Peterson <laughs> tore his ACL yeah, in December yeah. and then came back and was ready to play by the next August. But I feel like and Achilles' had is better best than an ACL. Yeah. Oh yeah. MVP hey, season, two thousand yards. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel like Achilles' stuff would bounce back from. They're doing it in four or five months. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cool. a couple
2: of days ago, you know, we heard from uh, Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay. And he said that there was cautious optimism that Cam Akers would be able to return if uh, L.A. was to make a playoff run. And actually, mm-hmm. right now, I believe he's running at, at 80% body weight, um, 10 miles per hour on the treadmill. I mean, I couldn't even do that right now.
3: Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Thank you for admitting that, Dustin, to us. I, was, I had some
0: that confidence in you, but thank you for admitting it. That team's all in. Oh all the they are now. Year. They grab. It's what you're supposed um, to do. When, when you Miller, have a you know, window, you're,
5: you're supposed to explode that yep. door open and, and, but, and go all in. You don't want to be the Von yeah, Miller's man, still the same the Von Miller. Is Von Miller still I mean,
1: Von Miller is, he, he's he's the same Von Miller?
5: He's good enough. He was four years ago, but when we got Aaron Donald next to you. I think it's yeah, going to exactly. make life a little bit easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you got Aaron
0: Donald in the middle, you know, who can create so much havoc? You know, it's going to give him a lot of opportunities. Yeah.
1: Me, uh, and then you, sh-
0: got, you got Ramsey coming in, you know, off the corner, yeah. you know.
1: Hasn't been talked about a ton. He's actually been last few weeks, so he's been killing it. But it's also been kind of quiet starts to the season for him just because he's on lockdown. So um, mm-hmm. let's give a shout out here to Khalil. Thank you for the five bomb. We're going to get to these in just a few kilos. So just hang on here for just a few more minutes. But we're going to get to those questions. But thank you for the kindly donation. Uh, along with Eric just dropped a 20 bomb. This must be a crazy kind of night. I guess we need more quarterbacks to transfer. I'm just kidding. But 20 bomb from Eric saying, go Knowles. I can't believe they've announced, they have not announced a Miami TV time next Saturday. Go Knowles beat Wolfpack Saturday. Eric, you're always in here chatting with us. Definitely appreciate you hopping in here and hanging out with us definitely for the kind donation too. So Khalil and uh, Eric, thank you. Uh, let's jump into one last thing here before we get into NC State. Buster Posey, this broke earlier uh, today. I'm a Giants fan. Almost made a pretty good run there this year. We weren't even expected to be that good coming into the season, but went on a crazy run. But Buster Posey announces that he will – well, he'll be announcing tomorrow, but reported today that he's going to be announcing that he's retiring from Major League Baseball who had an incredible, incredible career um, with mm-hmm. the Giants going three-time World Series champion. Seven times All-Star, four times Silver Slugger Award winner, two times NL Comeback Player of the Year, National League MVP, National League Rookie of the Year, and National League Hank Aaron Award winner. I mean, and then you look back at his college career, too, and what he did playing about every position. Uh, for FSU baseball, but what a career for Buster Posey bitter, like really more sad to me. I mean, I'm happy for him, but I feel, felt like he could have gone on another run this upcoming season with the giants because they, I think they're gonna have a really good season next year. It stinks. I mean, he's all over San Francisco going over there and visiting. I've been to a few of the games there and getting to see him bad. And you know, that, that team the fan, I mean, that city loves him to death. And so I'm sure it's going to be quite an emotional day tomorrow in the Bay area.
5: Yeah, Buster's awesome. I mean, it's the last time I cared about Florida State baseball but it was, was when he was on the team, on those 07-08 teams. He, he was just that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just did everything. Super great guy. You know, after every game, he's talking to every fan. Just he, He's exactly what you want from your franchise player. And, and in a city that has Steph Curry, the, the fact that he's still so highly regarded tells you a lot about him Because because both mm-hmm. of those guys are just – down-to-earth guys that really care about their family, really care about their teams. I'm sure it's tough for going to be tough for him to announce it, but mm-hmm. hell of a career. Should be a Hall of Famer, but we'll see.
1: And had a really good season this year, too. Any other comments the, uh, on I, Posey?
0: I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I don't see how he's not a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I think the only thing maybe that would question it is the length of his, his career. But... I don't. I don't see how he wouldn't be first ballot because he's he's an all time great catcher now. I mean, like 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 Logan said, you run down the you run down everything about you run down the profile. You know he fits everything to a T about about what makes him you know one of the one of the best. So mm-hmm. great career. You no, know? like like Austin, I don't follow baseball too much, but. I mean, he's one of the very best that's come out of FSU, so.
1: Yeah. Represented Florida State very well, very well. And, I mean, talent-wise, I, I, it's just incredible. Yeah, Hall of de- Famer?
0: I, I definitely think he's probably the best FSU baseball player that, I mean, who else would you put up there, really, you know?
5: J.D. Drew is probably an argument, but Buster had, had a better pro yep. career.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yep. Man, oh man, God! I just need one more season, one more season, buddy. Come on. Uh, all right, I gotta stop being selfish. I'm happy. Baseball's for over,
2: guys. <laughs> Keep it moving. Baseball season <laughs> ended yesterday. All
1: right. <laughs> Did you watch one game, Dustin, this year?
2: Yeah. Oh, I watched. Okay. I watched like three and a half games.
1: Okay. Makes me feel better. I didn't. watch two last night.
5: I watched zero. I didn't watch a single pitch all season and I couldn't have cared mm-hmm. less.
1: Oh, well, hey, Buster, we still love you. We, we talked about you. We do love months. you, I Buster. Love you. I didn't wear my jersey. What am I doing? God, I'm a clown. I'm a complete clown. Yeah, you had yeah, to wear yeah, the no exactly game day right. shirt for well, the brand. That mm-hmm. is I got I don't have enough. Uh NG everywhere. Just as um, a reminder,
5: we need NG polos and jackets.
1: We do. I know. Dustin needs his polo <laughs> for the press box. He goes to the press box one time and now he's got to no, get to get them all prepped up
5: clemson's press box is not enclosed and every five minutes a cold breeze would come through and i'm like please kill me <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> you the oh. press box is, isn't a- enclosed no it's open
1: wow i didn't know yeah, that. It was open. Yeah. yeah it's like a club level kind of feeling isn't it, it yeah
5: it was it was it was really cool
1: like yeah every five minutes, like, i would like oh. that but not if the weather is like that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah if, it, if
5: it was like mid-september or that no, was yeah like late september it's like 70 degrees it'd be perfect but it was High 50s, low 60s, and just cold breeze all day.
1: Yeah. I know we got some Atlanta Braves fans. There's a lot of Atlanta Braves fans out there. Congratulations to y'all, Atlanta Braves. The chop, uh, good, good, kind of good job at doing that. I don't know. I think it's better than the Chiefs. I think y'all do it. I think they do it better. I think they do it better than the Chiefs, though. The City Chiefs fans are awful.
5: It's both bad.
1: But there's a lot more Knolls in Atlanta than Kansas City. So that may be, be the reason there for sure. I didn't also know this, but Posey. There's no way he's leaving 22 milli, Is there? I don't know. I don't know all the kind of major. I know the money's insane. I'm sure he's There's made enough in his career.
5: He's made enough in his career. I'm sure he's not. Oh, he's
1: money. solidly set there. 22 mils.
0: Woo. Yeah, it, yeah he's gracious. not clipping the funds. <laughs> I don't
1: think so. <laughs> I don't believe so at all. Nah. Uh, gentlemen, let's get into it real quick. Florida State versus NC State. We'll jump into game preview right now. Florida State is heading into this one, trying to get back on a winning streak. On the other hand, you know, NC State kind of went into the season. Did we predict NC State to be this good at the end of the season? I forget. I was thinking I was kind of like 50 50, see what happens in the season. I think I we know. all predicted. I think them. we're,
0: I think we're all, I think we're split. in, in the ones yeah. who said that FSU would win it said so it'd be really competitive. Close game.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Right. loss for this game.
5: If 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 we're wrong, just go back and tell us. Yeah, and, uh, and clip it and tag
1: Austin. Yeah, don't tag me. Why me? I don't know. <laughs>
5: Why I don't me? Know. Just tag the podcast.
1: No, no, no. Tag Austin. Uh, record right now for the NC State Wolfpack coming to this game in Tallahassee. Six and two. This game will be played on at four p.m. Back at home for the Knolls. Dave Doran, one of your favorite coaches, right?
3: Hmm. <laughs> 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 he leaves.
1: <laughs> and, and now okay, Great. Well, now my computer screen's frozen, so hopefully everybody can still hear me. Yeah, y'all can. Um, but yeah, nate is gone, so he does not that want to talk great. about Dave Doran. But yeah, the Wolfpack comes in 6 and 2. Um, they're a good football nate, team. Your favorite coach?
0: Man, left? listen. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he he he's definitely on, on the top five. So, you no, know, he is the a, top a, five of, uh, of of the great A douches it, of college he, football. He
1: five. <laughs> <laughs> the he, great A douches of college football. Yes, this
0: great... is, is who's fifth? Next if level slumbag Who's fifth?
1: I need to go through the list of one to five real quick. It's, it, I,
5: I, to, know it's, I know it's Brian it like like
0: Number number one's Urban Meyer. Yeah, that's gonna always be forever. Uh, number two is, is Dabo, and you know, uh, what you, you, know you know, understand. He 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 is pushing for you know that top spot for Urban, really. but you know, Ur- yeah. Urban is Urban's time at Florida, and you know, I I I'll always have you know driving across um, the Howard Franklin Bridge and seeing Urban Meyer and me being able to give him the the bird was one of my <laughs> life highlights. <laughs> Um, you know, laying on the horn <laughs> until he he looked over and I was like, you know,
1: yeah, that that That's, is one of my life highlights. What you but, what um, did you say out, out of the window? window. Cool right <laughs> would Celsius um, like it if what we heard what you said out the window?
0: No, <laughs> they would not like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, but um, I'll number three, we'll keep moving on. Yep, yeah, number no- number three is Walt Bell. Um, Dang,
5: Walt, I Bell's right yeah, I meant to say Walt Bell is
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. No, number four is Walt, Dave Walt Bell above
5: Brian Kelly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: And, and number five is Brian Kelly. Wow. I'm shocked he's above uh, Brian Kelly.
5: I mean, Brian
2: Kelly killed yeah. a guy and he's only number five.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not fair. I don't know so, something about Walt Bell is just, you know, oozes, <laughs> just, you know, just salt and vinegar. Imagine the coach of the worst team in college football. That's pretty funny. It, it, it's well deserved. What deserved.
1: Yikes. So, well, I'm glad we got that updated. It kind of switches all throughout the yeah, almost I, the I, weeks I now. Really so it depends on third.
5: what I really thought it
0: was. Nah, <laughs> I if you're nah, playing your name this week,
5: Brian Kelly would be third.
0: Probably yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It all depends on the time i be <laughs> Probably. You know. It all depends. Probably. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, three three through five. Three through five are, are you know definitely you know changeable, but one and two are locked in mm-hmm. for forever. Yeah. Yeah, Dabo's got to uh, be
2: trending up after he called uh, the game against Florida State one of his top five wins, right? Who Dabo? Yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
2: did you hear he, that comment?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just more coach speak. From, cap,
1: cap. Yeah, yeah. it's just more coach? Do you think speak it's from, cap?
0: You know, I can't wait for all the skeletons to come out of his, his closet, like like Tiger Woods. Man, it's just going to be it's going to be messy.
1: Damn. Shots at Tiger. Where are you at, Tiger? We got to get Tiger on the pod. What is he doing? Yeah. He's been just He's, keeping his, us on red, right? His legs are recovering. Yep. Everything's He's, recovering. Had his 40th red. surgery.
0: Something, something ridiculous, man. That yeah. guy just destroyed his body playing golf.
1: Well, no, go, go, Hold on. Yeah, mm-hmm. That car accident, too. Yeah, that car accident. Nate, let's just keep on going at you. Corey Durden. Yep. Corey will we'll be back in yeah, Campbell Stadium.
0: Well, Jordan is
1: having a solid season for NC State.
0: No, no, no. I'm going to screw that guy. What did he say? What do he say gotta, on, on social gotta media? You got to get my, my smack
1: back. No, I got to get my lick. I got to get, get my lick back.
0: got to get my lick. You got to get my lick. You know, I got to get yeah. my lick in, you know.
2: Yeah. He's going to go <laughs> lick Jordan Travis on the year.
0: So so the, the, the last Florida State player that came in at NC State was Brady Hoffman. Talking all that smack before the game he got his ass whipped. So I think he you got know, popped in between
1: Kando and he did get revenge and, and
0: Durden. So, you know, you know Dirt Durden leaving this program has been a godsend for, for <laughs> FSU. So he can try to get his lick in, but you know, the guy is so soft and quits on so many plays. As soon as he gets beat once, he's gonna put his tail between his leg and, and and cry like a bitch.
2: Would you lick him first, Nate?
0: <laughs> no. Nah.
5: Nah.
0: What is that question? <laughs> All right, that,
1: that that is weird, Dustin. <laughs> that was weird. That
0: was weird.
2: Usually, does... Corey Durden said it. I, I don't. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, so, well, I don't know well, what the no, the lick the got to be like I got to get well, my like got to get my situation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I, just, I have it like in my brain, but I'm not fully. I don't know if I can just say it. He's, like, he's right. trying, trying say he wants it, it, to say knock someone out.
0: Yeah. He said. I don't I, think. I I got to get my retribution is what he's trying to say. Yeah. You know? It's like. We'll, like, we'll, we'll put it, wounds, like I we'll put it in white like people that. language. We'll put it in white people language. He's looking for payback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Thanks. but, I mean, whatever, dude. You know, you're you're a mid-level player that had a great year because the guy next to you, you know, had one year where he played out, you know, out, out of his body in, in Wilson. So, I ain't worried about Corey Jordan. You know, there's just other players on that D-line that play, that play better. Better players on that defense, so he, he he's part of the whole. He's not a he's not a, a main reason why that team has been pretty good on defense. You know, you look at you know you look at Briggs before he got hurt. You look at Johnson. You look at Kier Thomas and just the the much better play FSU's defensive line has had since he's left. I With think limited depth. Yeah, which says you know you look at Fabian Lovett who's just played phenomenal. So whatever, yep. man. Go get your lick. Do whatever you got to do, but whatever, man.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting Instagram post by him, but no one should be shocked because that happened I, a lot I, I put that lockers, at Florida State.
0: I put that up in the lockers and be like, hey. Right in front of the offensive go,
1: line. Yep.
0: yep. I'm not, I'm not worried about I think... Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen yeah, is a uh, howdy duty. you know? Howdy doody. You know. Yeah, it, it, you're not intimidated.
1: It, it, I'm not intimidated by it, Dan it, Mullen. It,
0: it, if he could recruit better i think it'd be you know a much bigger problem because the guy is really good at x's and O's you know he, he is a good game day coach but he's just so awkward and goofy that it, it, it's hard to really put him in the top five just because <laughs> he's never going to compete because he can't recruit at an elite level
1: yeah well those was the comments on dan mullen this week saying that recruiting you know we'll we'll, we'll... We'll, t- we'll take care season. of that after the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about NC State.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about their quarterback who knows how to take care of the ball really, mm-hmm. really well. I mean, ratio-wise, touchdown interception one of the best. Currently 21 has 21 to two. touchdowns. Yeah, 21 touchdowns, two interceptions. Could be one 152.4 right now. So just a guy mm-hmm. that knows how to take care of the ball. And Florida State, the last couple of weeks, has been done a really good job of creating turnovers. -hmm. And you know, Florida State is going to want to do this this upcoming weekend, but they're going to be facing a quarterback that is smart with the ball.
0: Uh, For me, it comes down to you know, this is kind of going to be like Clemson light. You know, this is a defensive line that gets after it. You know, they have like fifty-seven quarterback hurries. They have seventeen sacks. Um, They're number seven in the country against the run. Um, If you look at their their passing game, you know they are a little susceptible against the pass. You know they're. Fifty eighth, you know, Florida State is better than them, actually, you know, statistically. If you look to advanced metrics, Florida State's better than them um, in the passing game, which is kind of crazy to think about. But you know, Florida State's gonna have to run the ball, you know, and, and, and they're gonna have to stop their. I can't pronounce his name. It starts with the E. Is I can't say it right now. It's out of my brain. But they're they got two really good running backs. They got a good wide receiver. Um, you know, their offensive lines played really well. You know, the offense has done well for them this year. Um, you know they have a guy that's in year three, playing very well offensively. So you know the the running backs are averaging uh, one's getting thirteen carries for seventy a game. The other one's getting eleven for sixty. So really solid, solid guys that are you know they're averaging about five and a half yards a carry. I think so. It's going to be a tough game.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a battle. You know, you you talked about Devin Leary a little bit this is he's going to be throwing to some receivers. And we talked about Clemson last week, having big receivers, mm-hmm. NC state's top three receivers are all six foot or taller. And, uh, Amika Mezzi standing at six foot three. He's going to pre- present a, a formidable matchup for Florida state. Devin Leary probably is going to turn the ball over. He's completing over 66% of his passes. You guys mentioned the 21 to two mm-hmm. touchdown to interception ratio, Ricky Person and Zonovan Knight are both solid running backs. Their offensive line hasn't been terrible. They've only given up 12 sacks in eight mm-hmm. games, 1.5 a game. Yeah, It's it's going to be another test for this FSU defense, which may be, be maybe a little banged up after last week. And you look over to the offense, like you said, Nate, Florida State, they're definitely going to have to establish a run, which is something they didn't do last week against Clemson. NC State, I think they're the number – 22 rushing defense in the country or something like that. They're only giving up 111 yards on the ground per game. So that's going to be the main matchup the event again.
0: Advanced stats, man. You know, when you look at the advanced stats, are, they've shut down the run game. It's going to be tough, man. Mm-hmm. So I will say they haven't been... Have
2: Go ahead. A lot better than last week. But they mm-hmm. haven't been... Um, as good on the road offensively they're averaging about 11 points or so less per contest on the road than they're scoring at mm-hmm. home so we'll see if maybe that can play into Florida State's favor but you know I'm not I'm not liking another team was very strong against the run going up against a banged up Florida State team Yeah, no, someone just concerning. put up that
0: FSU's pass rush to get after it but they're not even giving up a lot of a lot of hurries No, you know they've done a good job of protecting Leary you know, part, part of it is, you know, he gets rid of the ball really, really quickly. Um, but also they've done a good job protecting him. So, you know, they've only given up a sack of game and not very, not not a ton of pressure. So, you know, Jermaine Johnson is going to have to continue to play really well. You know, he's going to have to wreak a ton of havoc. So that you know, whole deal, this isn't you know, coming off last week. You know, we're course they spained up you know jordan Chavez hasn't necessarily practiced much at all this week if, it, if he has at all there may be some questions who's going to play quarterback so you know, best spot to to be in for fsu
1: yeah i'm wondering too gotta to see sydney i mean this game would be huge for sydney williams could be available this upcoming weekend mm. i mean that would have been huge last week but definitely for this game this matchup i mean it's just ding; these guys are dinged up, and that's why it's a little worrisome heading into this weekend. If you know if Florida State can take care of that quarterback, and you know Jermaine Johnson is Jermaine Johnson, and he kind of comes in when you need him the most, and he did that against Clemson. But man, you got to see more consistency this upcoming weekend. Teams are just having really good game plans for him. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I think here Thomas too, Fabian Love those guys they gotta they gotta be in their game on Saturday, or this could get scary because, you know, Florida state's offense isn't able to move, you know, that running game. like it was last weekend, this you have to rely on the defense. You really have to rely on the defense and maybe, uh, making turnovers happen and putting Florida state's offense in a good spot on the field, field position wise. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's, just, it's such a, Interesting game, and you've got to love that Florida State has this at home if you're an FSU fan. Mm-hmm. Because if it was the other way around, I think fans would be a lot, lot more nervous about this one. You should also think about the garbage. NC State game, Austin. <laughs> what do you think about it? You said that you did like two hours of homework on the game. I did not. What do you think about this I game?
5: I did not do two hours of homework. I had been a really busy week. Uh,
1: the, the last thing of football-wise for Austin was going to that Clemson game. After this, it's all tra- – the all transition basketball. to basketball has happened now fully. This man is networking over here to left and right on sh- podcast shows. I mean
5: I, – I've been on s- – I think it's six podcasts in the last eight days, I think is what it is. So we're grinding. The clout. <laughs> the clout.
1: It's not going to get to your head, though, is it?
5: No, of course not. Mm. Who do you think I am? Yeah, I just – I mean no, – there's not much I could say that hasn't been said already. NC State has a really good rush defense. They have a really talented front four and front seven. Florida State's going to have to make plays through mm-hmm. the air, which means the receivers are going to have to get separation and make plays that we haven't seen them make. Um, and that, that also means Travis has to put balls in the money, which, you know, it's been hit or miss all year, especially in the bigger games. He hasn't really sh- shown that he can make those big throws. We'll see. Well, is Travis but, even going to be out there? Yeah, that's. We'll I mean, see. that's true, too, if, if he's available to go, but – I I have very little faith. I broke a ukulele out of faith last at last week. I have no faith this week. <laughs> nothing nothing we else that you can break for good luck. <laughs> no, I, well,
1: we didn't, I we, it so. didn't work out to be good luck. Yeah.
5: If 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 we won last week, I would have had something this week, but we didn't win. So another you ukulele back w- together. Uh it's maybe it's broken everything. right here. Uh it'll stay there broken
1: forever. <laughs> I told him I'd buy him another one. I told him I'd buy another one. They won, I would have won would. Amazon shipped one to him, but doesn't seem to be the case. Let's uh, jump into some score predictions before we do that. Let's show some love to our guys over here sitting over here. Celsius, our favorite sponsor on the show along with Hobbit. I mean, Hobbit is also our other favorite, but we got two favorites on here. Definitely our favorite drinking uh, brand that we are sponsored by, but by far the best drinks. If you're looking for an extra little energy boost, I know we've talked about it quite a bit,
0: I wouldn't know, show, but I we get a little tired. I haven't got my samples yet, so I wouldn't know.
1: Well, if you go to the retail store near you, just like I'll tell the rest of the viewers here, if you go to a retail store near you, you can grab them anywhere. They're almost in like every Publix and so now they're in a lot of um, gas stations too, but mainly retail places, maybe a like a Walmart, but definitely Publix, some other places, but definitely Awesome drinks. I actually had one this morning before practice, like usual. And I've also been doing them before gyms. And I'm not a big kind of person of doing the pre workout stuff because I start feeling like sweating, all that kind of stuff. And my mind's like racing. These are perfect. A lot more natural fit, too. It comes with seven essential vitamins and not, uh, no sugar, none of that crazy stuff in there that makes you kind of feel way too wired going into the gym. But I know a lot of people have been telling me um, that they take it before the gym. Or definitely before doing workout, uh, homework, or if they're doing any kinds of things of that nature where your mind's trying to get your mind clicking for the day, definitely would suggest grabbing one of these Celsius. They have all different kinds of, they have all different kinds of flavors, and they do have a sparkling one. If you got a black top sparkling, this one's flat, so uh, you got two different types that you can go with. I'm personally a sparkling kind of guy because I'm sparkling with my uh, personality, right, Nate? Sure. Yeah. I'm just like, that's just how it works. But yeah, definitely go check them out. Celsius show them a lot of love. I uh, will should have a new code for you guys to use too. I know a few of y'all have used it, but we'll have another new code for you guys. If you guys are wanting to order them, but awesome drinks. And I've heard a lot of good things from a lot of our viewers and listeners about it. So yeah, love them. Uh, let's jump into some score predictions. Gentlemen, Florida state's gonna be facing the NC state wolf pack on Saturday at 4 PM. Such a weird time. But in Duke Campbell Stadium, Florida State is hoping to get back on a winning streak along with trying to fight to make a bowl game. Um, And they don't have a lot of games left in order to do so. How are we feeling, gentlemen? This will be the week before Miami comes into town.
5: I'll go first since I went last uh, last week. (laughs) Um, Also, make sure you drop your score predictions in the chat since Logan didn't say it. I'll say it. Drop your predictions. Look
1: at that. Look at that. I love this Uh, co-host. Good job.
5: I have no faith. NC State thirty-three, Florida State seventeen. <laughs> no faith.
6: Whoa! I
5: just, I, I, think Florida State's a little bit too banged up. It's guys dealing with sickness, dealing with the flu. Awesome. Ah, no faith. Awesome. Back Co- on his BS. Corey gets his lick.
1: Okay. Damn, that's gonna piss off Nate. I can't believe he did that. <laughs> wow. You're back on that. You're back on that though. Uh, awesome on that. Just. Listen, yeah, I was positive,
5: I was positive for day, one week I pulled out my league Corso and it look look what it brought us despair and depression so I'm mm-hmm. going back to
1: negativity.
0: Um and maybe, you, know, maybe
1: uh, you do need to stay negative for the rest of the year yeah. and Florida State will do well. I don't
0: I, I think that you know if Travis doesn't play, you know I, I think that you know Fort going to struggle, you know they they got to run the ball. You know, I think that you know the you know, this is a another like I said before, it's a style matchup, you know, a team that can shut down the run. Um, you know, force State has hasn't been able to generate a lot through the air, so uh, I I I don't know, man. You know, I, I, I feel that, you know, Dave Doan's a douchebag, so I won't pick him to win. So I'm gonna go for state thirty three and see state thirty one.
1: Wait, say it again. Yeah. Give me the other score again.
0: I said that Dave Doan a douchebag and I will not predict him to win. So I got, I got Florida state 33 and then I got NC state 31.
1: Oh damn. Okay. Oh, I love it. I knew you wouldn't allow them to get the win. I can't have no, uh, Okay. It, so
0: we're 50, 50 right happen. now.
2: This is a, a tough spot for Florida state coming into this game. It felt like they were as healthy as they'd been in a while Going into that Clemson game and then, you know, an extremely physical game against a tough opponent. You've got some guys banged up. You've got the flu going around. You don't know if you're going to have all of your quarterbacks available. You don't know if you're going to have all of your running backs available. There's been uncertainty at wide receiver all season. You've got a banged up offensive line. There's just – there's too many question marks this week for me to feel comfortable with Florida State because North Carolina State 6-2. and two. They've been extremely solid this year. We talked about their offense. I don't think Devin Leary is going to turn it over much. And their defense does their best work against the run, which is what Florida State is obviously going to want to try and establish. So, you know, I I just think it's going to be too tough with with all the question marks. I'm going to go North Carolina State 31, Florida State 17. FSU falls to 3-6. and They'll need to win their final three games to make it to bowl season.
1: Ooh, lordy, lordy, lordy! Yeah, huh? I'm. I, I agree with you on a lot of those points. There definitely health wise for Florida State with mm-hmm. this bug going around. Norvell even mentioned it. I didn't think he would might have mentioned it this week, but let the masses know what to maybe expect this upcoming week. And I think that meant a lot coming from the head coach. And I don't like that. It just all depends on the quarterback situation. In this one. I mean, I, I, I just don't see Florida State finding. Florida State's going to have to find. rhythm there running the ball i mean that's what has kept this team sustaining drives and you know if jordan travis isn't available blah 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 you know some other guys not being available and guys still maybe dealing with sickness whatever it is just doesn't seem so well after a really physical game against clemson where some guys are dinged up we still want to see if to affiliate will be available i don't think he will be on saturday after the injury he sustained on the last play of course it's the last <laughs> play where clemson scores six points along with hurting one of your top who, and who had the it was the best running back for your team on saturday i got florida state losing this one sadly and like dustin said they're not to one out these last ones that make it uh, bowl eligible uh i got florida state losing this one uh 31 to 21 31 21 NC State, sadly.
0: I got McKinsey Melton coming in, throwing for two fifty, being efficient. <laughs> opens up the offense enough for 48 to run the ball. Um and, and I got uh I got Dave doran leaving leaving Tallahassee with another L. It could wow. be no other way.
1: <laughs> no other way.
0: god if you're listening.
1: god if you're there. No no no,
0: no 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 looks for Durden.
1: <laughs> no licks at all
2: no licks put him. a towel in his mouth no licking
0: no. What the? Dustin. <laughs> Dustin. meet yourself <laughs> lord
1: let me go ahead and note this down that time mark that'll be the opening to the podcast this week <laughs> i feel so bad to the podcast listeners but that's gonna be your opening this week if you don't watch us live on youtube or anywhere and this is what you're going to get. That's going to be the opening to the podcast this week. Awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into our 2021-2022 basketball preview. I'm out, eight. Yeah. Be good. Appreciate you being on here. Don't know
0: and if D, my, What's my, your my last predi- words? My prediction for FSU basketball is Elite Eight eight um, this year. I think lead that eight. they, I think they put it together, make a make a tournament run. Um, you know, and and, and, and Hamiltony trust, but I think that. The back end of the season, guys like uh, Cleveland, you know, get it together, put some points up, and Florida State makes a run.
1: I like it. Okay, so, positive. Uh, uh, uh,
0: otherwise, um, I need this to be the last solid season of basketball for FSU. So I need FSU football to come back to to the forefront. So enjoy it, Austin. This is it. Don't
1: tell Adrian that. <laughs> 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 well. Mm-hmm. Adrian's laughing at us. <laughs> he finds it funny <laughs> no. maybe a little bit, but hidden inside,
0: no, he's not liking it. <laughs> no, no, but no, no, for real, like, you know, you know, I, I don't follow the basketball team as much as Dustin and Austin do, but, you know, it should be a solid season, but, um, you know, I, 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 I'm I riding off, you know, Dave yep. Dorn can, can, you know, <laughs> kick rocks. You know, I wish nothing but the worst for him, and I hope he's got a really shitty holiday season.
1: Damn. Nate as always definitely go. appreciate you on here showing some love to some <laughs> opponents <laughs> and their head coaches absolutely. Yep. But to join us tonight, one of two I think we're going to have Ari here in a few but Adrian Crawford definitely appreciates you hopping on with us this evening. We're going to be previewing the 2021-2022 season of Florida State basketball. Adrian, it's your first time coming on here, man. Happy to have you. Well, thank you guys so much. Can you guys hear me? Everybody good? Yep. Oh, perfect. All- all good on our end. How how are things going? You know, getting prepped for basketball season upcoming. Gonna be a busy next couple of months for you, I know.
4: Yeah, it will be. Um it's it's going great. I mean, again, last year was my first year doing radio and and you know, Gene yeah. Deckerhoff, Gene's a, you know, he's an incredible professional man. So Gene makes it easy for me. Um I just get up there and just, you know, kind of talk about what I see and and Gene does all the hard work. So I'm really excited about it.
5: Before Arya gets in here in a couple of minutes, what, what were your thoughts on last year's team? What went well? What didn't go well? What, what were your overall thoughts on them?
4: Can you ask that question again? I'm getting a real kind of little bit of echoes. It literally sounds like uh, – there we go. Let's see if we can do it
1: now. Sorry oh, about yeah. that.
5: So what, what were your overall thoughts on last year's team? Like what went well? What didn't go well? J- just your overall thoughts on last year's team, and there he goes.
1: We lost. We lost him. It's just like the Nate thing. We so just lost like Nate. Nate. I think he might be – car maybe maybe potentially yeah. car
5: please in the car a, and then Arias says he's gonna hop in here in two
1: minutes so gotcha well what do you, you want to ask us what we thought about the team last year austin i mean think we're good enough like you, adrian you crawford
5: you can't tweet an article correctly so no
1: oh my gosh i feel like i'll bring that up But good timing adrian's back with us <laughs> <laughs> so, all right
4: there we go it, it sounded like the best way i can explain what i was hearing i feel like i'm hearing somebody like you know when you're trying to disguise somebody's voice like, yep. you know, <laughs> nice. They're, yeah, they're a witness. Oh, protection. come on!
1: That sounds great. You should be able to work with that though for the next thirty minutes. Come on. <laughs> oh my
4: god! All right,
1: go
4: ahead. <laughs> Let's see if I can do it now. So go ahead, and I apologize.
5: <laughs> you, you good? So what were your overall thoughts on last year's team? What went well? What didn't go well?
4: Yeah, it's really good. I thought last year's team was um, I thought that, you know, you had all the pieces that were there. I thought that, you know, you saw the emergence of Balsa, you know, I thought Turk was incredible last year. Um, You know, Scotty Barnes again, you know, the kids are mutant. You're saying NBA right now, you know, I mean, like he's not normal. Um, And I think that that was I mean, you saw the highlights there. Um, I think the things that was really interesting for me with this group was that they couldn't, you know, as it got closer down the stretch, it just seemed like they couldn't put it always together. You know, I thought Sadar Calhoun had flashes, but then he was like, you know, he had flashes, but then he was atrocious defensively. You know, I mean, it's like for every six points he would score, he would give up 50. And, you know, so it's like, so, I mean, again, it was just hard watching that. And then, you know, I think it was just, they just didn't. It just never really got there. It just never kind of really turned over. And I thought that they never got that guy off the bench, you know, outside of Scotty, who could really kind of help them push over the top. And so, you know then it was really hard, man, being in COVID, like trying to find the rhythm. You know, you know that trying to find the rhythm in seasons is just really, really hard. So I think it was just I thought they did the best they could with what they had.
5: And it's also tough when you you didn't really have a true point guard last year outside of Raquan Evans. You're trying to break Scotty into in that role. But with no offseason and very limited practice time, it it had to be tough. And I'm sure you had practices a lot more than I was. But I'm sure it was tough trying to work over those humps.
4: Yeah, it was because I think what happened was that, um, you know, with, with not having, you know, Raekwon, you know, you saw with Raekwon Evans, you know, he kind of struggled a lot last year. You know, Scotty was this thing. I mean, I probably, you know, I mean, he was kind of just trying to figure out how to be a point and if he was a point or not. And so you're right. They didn't really have a pure point guard. At times, you know, Turk was maybe, you know, the best at like, you know, getting him into stuff and things like that. So that was, that was really, diff- that was really, really difficult. And I think that, um, you know, that ends up, you know, I do think it hurts you, but I actually will tell you going to this year, Raekwon Evans has probably been the one so far that I've been like most impressed with so far.
5: That's what I've heard. And you saw that in the exhibition game last week. He had, what, 17 points? If he continues to be confident, I mean, that's huge for this team going forward, especially with the way college basketball is nowadays, where they're just so involved with hard play.
4: Yeah, he's really – I think, he's, I think there's been some things, I think, personally, that's really turned from him. And I just – I mean, I watch him and just – but that's what you see from a fifth-year guy, too. You know what I mean? The level of maturity he has. He's been in the system. And you know how it is. When you've been in the system for a certain amount of time, you just know how to get it off. And that's one thing he, you're seeing from him. I actually, you know, you're seeing a little bit from Wyatt Wilk. So, I mean, it'll be – I think he's going to have a really, really big year.
1: I don't know who this Arya guy is, but he just somehow hacked into our stream yard. Uh, broadcast thing here i don't know who he is did (laughs) you let him in austin did you let him in i don't know i don't know who this guy i don't know who this guy is last time he was eating wings when we were previewing the season last year this time (laughs) this time this time time he's just sitting here smiling
5: he's happy as can be because the Braves won a world series he doesn't have to watch the game and do this podcast at the same time
1: (laughs) exactly I know he probably he would have been like, eh, I don't know if I can make it this week. Austin, let's push it back later in the week. But yeah, Arya Masuti, we've had you on here m- numerous times. And like I said, we previewed the season last year, but definitely appreciate you hopping on here. We got Adrian also. I mean, we got some we got some experts on in the field right here. Definitely guys <laughs> that can call games and everything. I mean, we're, we're everyone except back.
3: me and you.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> we're just kind of sitting here, just we're. This is where we learn about the season. This is what me and Dustin do every year. This is where we really learn. But Arya, I know Austin was probably going to ask, but really, just real quick, your thoughts on the season last year, how it went, you know, your expectations going into it, and then how it ended up being. Uh, what were your thoughts on that season last year?
6: I hear Adrian giggling first off, and I just want to know why he won't pop his video up. I don't. Dude. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> Listen, listen. No, are, no. are you are you like shirtless or something in your house? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Dude, listen, the one thing listen, no
4: listen first of all, if I was shirtless, that's the last thing anybody on God's creation wants to see. That's the first thing. <laughs> Second thing is no, man, actually trying to get in shape i actually i'm on campus right now i was working i'm sitting in my car right now so i didn't want to come out you know and you know i'd have to do lighting would be bad plus you know listen i'm a black dude too you know like lighting got me my lighting lighting got to pop to make me look good so i'm just gonna go ahead and keep me off camera right now so
6: <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's awesome and i know you guys know this but adrian and i have uh actually called games together uh doing some men's hoops so he's a good friend of mine he's a he's a great guy and uh I actually hope to have him in Austin on, on our podcast, uh, hopefully here in the the next week or so. So, uh, great to be with you guys. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. you asked me a question and and I've gone on a little opening.
1: Oh, you're Uh, good. uh, This is a podcast. uh, This is one thing that I think people need to stick to that. This is podcast, not some radio shit. This is where we actually get to have fun, sit back and talk and just have conversations.
6: No, and I apologize for being late. Uh, I was at the women's basketball exhibition. So, uh, that's one of the, the contracts that I have is doing play-by-play for them. So I had to definitely be there to support them. And uh, mm-hmm. Austin Great was right. Uh, if the Braves had had to go to a game seven, I would have been terrified to have to explain to Coach Sue why I had to leave at halftime. Uh, <laughs> that so thank you, Freddie Freeman and uh, Jorge Soler uh, for ending it. Um, but, uh, man, I'm so excited about Florida State basketball this season. And, and I think, you know, last season, and Adrian might agree, to me was maybe one of the more impressive years uh, that Coach Bam has put together because of COVID, because he didn't really have the offseason to build the culture um, that he would have liked. Uh, they kind of went on the fly in a lot of different areas and to still make a second weekend. Um, that to me shows you how far, pro- how far the program for Florida state has come because um, not many schools. I mean, you saw Duke, Duke had all those five stars and, and coach K didn't really have any answers on how to get them to mesh. And yet somehow uh, Coach Hamilton and some of those upperclassmen deserve a lot of credit for leading the way because you don't just get to, like, make a Sweet 16. People, I think, get frustrated every now and then. They're like, well, when's Florida State going to make a Final Four? But you should appreciate how hard it is to make a Sweet 16, uh, let alone make the NCAA tournament consistently. And FSU's done that, and I thought last year with all the cancellations, with all the moving parts, with all the different guys that they they had have to miss games and, and whatnot. Uh, y'all, I was I was super excited. I thought Sweet 16 really kind of just highlighted where Florida State basketball is right now, and the new bloods thing is real. I mean, we're here to stay.
5: And now you go through an off-season, you lose, I think it's 65% of your scoring. You lose MJ Walker, Scotty Barnes, Rayquan Grey, Balsha Koprovica, Sadar Calhoun. I mean, you lose a lot of guys, but then you replace them with. You know, Caleb Mills coming from Houston, who I think's just an absolute dog. Jalen Worley, Matthew Cleveland, two five stars. Getting Nahima cloud from Juco. What do you think about what we've lost versus what we've gained?
6: Yeah, and, you know, uh, what we've lost is huge. You lose four of your top five scores, as you guys have mentioned. And um, I think some of them were surprised, uh, maybe a slight surprise to the staff. Um, obviously, you can't really prepare for, you know, a Balsha Kopravica deciding um, – to take his, you know, take the game to the next level for him and start the next phase of his career. Uh, you can't really prepare for Turk kind of blowing up there in the last, you know, two months of the season where he was always someone the NBA liked, and then all of a sudden what people were dreaming on came to fruition. And so you have to take a – you know, if you're Rayquan, you had to go, right? Like that was a great opportunity for him. And then Scotty, man uh, – we're now seeing what that means to be 18 and to be talented, um, because everyone always kind of like scratches their head at Pat and and Scotty, and they're like, "Was he ready? Was that? Were they ready to go pro?" Well, one, they were definitely ready for multi-million dollar contracts. The question when you're <laughs> drafting is not, "Are you ready right now to step on the court and be an All Star?" It's, "Are you ready to accept multi years and millions of dollars?" And the answer is, if someone's offering, you're taken, and so. Uh, now we're starting to see with Pat and with Scotty uh, as they continue to develop just the superstars that they're going to be in the league. Um, mm-hmm. But losing those guys, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to hurt. I mean, you, you don't, there's no way around it. But as Austin said, getting a Kayla Mills, um, that is really important. And it's really a transfer that – the type of transfer that we really haven't had at Florida State um, under Leonard Hamilton. You usually don't see the guys who have been stars somewhere else – then come uh, to Florida State uh, to kind of pick up where they left off in their career. So I'm really excited about having a guy that I can just count on to go and get a bucket when I need it. Um, talk, talk the, the, the podcast that I host with Bob Ferranti. Um, we had Malik on actually uh, for this episode that we're, that we're releasing this week. And Malik said, uh, Caleb came in right away and he just meshed and he, and he pointed to uh, how important it was for Caleb to be able to be here Uh, In January, and maybe he wasn't able to practice every day, but to kind of take it in and understand what Florida State was about only helped him when he got to the summer and was eligible um, to start doing some workouts and things like that with the team. So um, Malik says every day in practice, Caleb can score from all three levels and defensively, he's he's a really good player. So they're they're expecting him to to replace one of those guys, at least in terms of production, Um, Cleveland and Worley. Uh, I think those are two guys that, you know, everyone's super excited about. But Malik also said, keep an eye out for John Butler because there is a learning. Limit, yeah. But there are things John Butler does that you can't really teach at seven one. Um, I mean, he's a two guard, essentially playing uh, in a seven a seven foot man's body. And so they're trying to work with him and then coach Jones um, to get him some developing post touches and, and find a way to kind of make him um, a nightmare to deal with in his mm. career. Uh, and, and something you, you got to keep in mind is his ability to pass the balls pretty good for, for a guy who's seven one, and he has great angles to be able to pass uh, and then feed the interior block. So um, that's something I'm excited about, but yeah, Cleveland, Worley, Mills, uh, don't sleep on Cameron Fletcher. I think that's, that's someone who can come in and give you some energy. Um, but yeah, I think Austin losing the, those types of guys is, is tough, but we've also seen like, we've lost guys before and somehow some way coach ham coach jones Cy, um i know dennis is no longer with us but uh you know and and coach smith now they find ways to develop somebody in the offseason and and that person takes the next step so i'm excited boys i'm excited to see who that player is like who is the one that in january we're like oh my god (laughs) welcome welcome to the show
1: adrian we aren't we're not running out your ac are we in your car right
6: nah,
4: no just no just making sure aria's real. not
1: running out your ac and everything we're just nah, making sure
4: no nah. <laughs> nah, you're you're gonna go aria's Arya's the expert man you know what i'm saying i'm just over here i listen i'll let him do all the heavy lifting i'll just make corner threes you know uh,
6: you did that all uh, well of your career though adrian that was a adrian was a sharpshooter back in his day
4: hey listen man i tell you the rim is always open so you know that's kind of my motto so uh um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, um, you know, with Ari, I mean, I think you laid out those guys. I, I would tell you this, that with this group this year, you know, I would say Caleb Mills is the one, you know, I have affectionately called Caleb Mills fries at the bottom because his bag is so deep. Like it is deep. The dude's got like, a, I tried to explain to somebody like, what's his game like? I'm like, he's got like this, like, He's got this modern, like, kind of hood, like, Euro game. Like, you watch him play, and it's like Ginobili mitts with, like, just a lot of swag. He sidesteps. He just can get it off at three levels. And and he – I would say this. I think he has a chance to be one of the best, like, go-get-your-bucket guys we've had here since Tony Douglas. Um, I think he's got that type of ability. Um, Cleveland Worley I mean, again, Warley fits the big guard you Mantra, The kid was recruited He's four. he's already I mean, in the last, they recruited him at four. the kid's Already grown, he's about 6'6 six, six and a half Now, His shoe size has grown so, I mean, He's just a big guard Cleveland, I mean, they're going to be They are really good, and I think John Butler I think John Butler, when we say Two or three years from now, will be a lottery pick I mean, you just can't teach 7'1". Um, You know, so I think that they're going to have to I mean, I think those guys are going to uh, be really good and I actually think some of the returning guys I think Wyatt Wilkes I think why it's really going to help this team this year as I've been watching him you know I think he's really found this niche and I think he really defensively has learned how to be really adequate on the defensive end but he just provides veteran leadership you know and Anthony Polite's gonna be what he is he's steady Eddie you know what I mean he's gonna guard and he's gonna make shots so I mean again I'm really looking forward to this group
5: yeah, I was going to talk about the, the returning guys next. You bring back Anthony Polite, who had, who had a huge spike in production last year, goes from five points a game to well over 10. You bring back Malik Osborne, who's – I mean, you say Polite steady. I think Malik's as steady as it gets. Seven points per game, back-to-back seasons, can do everything, play the four and the five. You obviously talked about Wyatt Wilkes, and then we mentioned Raekwon Evans before Aria got on. But Raekwon seemed to have made a huge step this offseason. If you get production out of those four guys, and, of course, Tanner Incom as well is going to start at the five, If you could see an uptake from all five of those guys, it really helps the transition along.
4: Yeah, I think it does. I think that when, you know, what you cannot – I mean, those guys are going to have to, especially early, those vets are going to really have to carry stuff because, I mean, the way that Florida State guards and the way – you know, it's not everybody just thinks it's just we pick up full court. There's a full system to how we do this. Uh, it's a full system of, how you know, how we pick up and where people have to be to, you know, switching and, you know, I mean, again, you guys know, I mean, fronting the post and, you know, in our gap coverage, you know, we don't teach it like a lot of people teach it. So these guys are going to have to get used to doing it and playing at that pace. Um, and those veterans are going to have to carry, you know, uh, while those young guys come along. And so I think it's going to be really important. And I also think, again, I think one of the most important pieces with this group is really going to be, a um, it's going to be Malik Osborne because I think that Malik, when Malik Osborne's at our, I think in crunch time, Malik Osborne at our five is going to be our best lineup because I think he'll be a nightmare for people because he can guard. I mean, we can switch one through five, and with those other big guards, I think we're going to cause a lot of people problems. And so those guys are really going to have to carry us early,
6: yeah. And you know, to, to Adrian's point. Uh, those are gonna those are gonna be two guys that late in the games too. You're gonna look to. I mean, Caleb Mills. I think you can throw into that group too because Caleb's a newcomer, but he's really not a newcomer to college basketball. Uh, and if you play for Kelvin Sampson at Houston, you're a dog. Like you're gonna you're gonna get gritty. You're gonna play hard. Um, and they're a fun team to to always watch um, in, in the AAC and the American. But uh, I'm really excited for Anthony Polite because that Colorado game to me was was such a – not just uh, an eye-opener, I think, for the fan base, but I think it was an eye-opener for Anthony himself. Uh, It's one thing – I mean, you know, Austin and Adrian, you guys have been around the team and and the game so long. Um, It's one thing to be told every day that you have it in you. It's another thing to do it in practice. And then in the game, when you start to see what you're capable of, whether it's that first Hezy move that you make attacking the rim that works, whether it's uh, the the, the, uh, steal at half court – and, and you try to have a, a nasty little pass for an alley-oop that goes the right way, that's confidence. And I think that's something for Anthony that he's never been an unconfident player, in my opinion, but sometimes he's not willing to kind of stretch his horizons in his first few years in Tallahassee. He, he kind of knew what he did well, and he stuck to it. But that Colorado game, he was asked to do a little bit more to kind of separate Florida State, and he found success doing it. So I'm really looking forward to Anthony Polite as a, a ball handler at times when they need it as a guy who can be a creator, uh, as a guy who's going to be a sharpshooter. I mean, that spot that he hits the three-point shot from, is that is it the the, the left corner? Am I right? Left it's corner, funny. I think it was like 52%. You're like, yeah, you're going. It's going. And if, if he lets it fly, it's over from that spot. Um, I just want to see Anthony continue to, to develop because uh, I'm not going to compare him to Terrence, man. I don't think that they're the same player. Uh, but Terrence was another one of those types of players that as the years went on, he found success and confidence each and every year in something else. And he's continuing to do that, obviously, with the Clippers. But um, I really look forward to seeing what Polite does because um, he comes from basketball pedigree too. His dad was a, a pretty good player in his own right.
5: So, so I know you don't want to compare him to Terrence Man, but you, you're talking comparisons. I want to bring this up. I was talking with someone close with the team about a week week or two ago, and he says this team compares really well to the Elite Eight team, but except you have a score in Caleb Mills that that team didn't have. But other than that, it's a very similar team. And honestly, I saw it because you have a whole bunch of dogs defensively. And you got a guy, in Malik Osborne who can play the four of the five, much like Fionder Cabangeli did that year. You've got bigs that are going to be great. Maybe not great overall, but they're going to be great shot blockers like Aki was that year and Chris Kamaji was that year. You've got versatile wings like Matthew Cleveland, who I'm not saying he's going to be Terrence Mann, but he can play like that. When you line it up person for person, I'm like, it's kind of makes sense. So I kind of was—I kind of see what y'all's take on that was. Listen,
4: let me just start by saying this. I think. Let me just say this: the the lead eight team. The one thing I think is always the factor is this: the great Trent Forrest. Like the one thing I say to this is the dude, him and Terrence. Man, the one thing I always tell people that you cannot—I agree with you—lineup for lineup. But with the thing, I think those two kids had. They just were winners. And oh, yeah, you can't teach that. That and that's the thing I'm that's the thing. I don't know. Like I think now with Matthew Cleveland, I think Matthew Cleveland has every bit to be in that in that in that lens of like in that lane of a Terrence Man, a Trent Forrest, um, those guys. I mean, he's a kid who works at it. He's a gym rat. He studies it. I mean, by the time he's, you know, whenever that time is, he's gonna pop and be who he needs to be. I think that this team will – I think defensively, I will tell you this. I actually think this team will be better than that team defensively. The team that was the lead team, they, they didn't lo- – like, they had the guard. Like, they knew when it was time to turn it on the guard.
2: This yeah, they, right they had a
4: like, This, team, Yeah, this team right now, like, they actually like the guard, and they can really guard. You know, it's going to take them a minute to get all the system stuff, but they can guard. So, I just the thing I worry about with this group is – that winning mentality when when just when it's go time Trent Terrence those guys went and got it done for you I just you know I wonder can Kayla Mills do you know I think you can go get your bucket but can he go when you want the way those two kids can do that would be my only thing with this group
6: yeah I mean and and to to kind of add on to that uh, I have a cool story real quick uh, over the summer. Um, I was asked to come in and do like a, a media training session for, for like the freshmen who were coming in um, for Noel serve, which is like Florida States. Um, they, they do a lot for, for uh, the, the freshmen that come in. It's like orientation for the athletes and uh, Matt Cleveland and Jalen Worley were there. Um, and so before our presentation, you know, Chuck Walsh, Florida States, great SID uh, for, for hoops um, was, was kind of given the the overview of what this session was about. And he said, look, I'm trying to make a final four. And Matt Cleveland stood up and said, I got you, Chuck. And that to me was like the confidence from that kid in front of the rest of his peers. Uh, I mean, it was kids from baseball and obviously basketball, but golf and tennis and, and just the the confidence that he exudes. Um, I kind of see that uh, with Adrian saying that he could be a winner, the kind of kid that that rises up big for that moment. Uh, maybe not this year, but or maybe late in the season for Matt Cleveland. But I thought y'all would enjoy that. Um, because I I like the confidence. I want to see him be willing to exert himself, and I I think Matt Cleveland will. The the comparison I think that's fair for this season's team and that Elite Eight team, I think it's classic Leonard Hamilton, right? Like patience is going to be needed because that team took its lumps. I think this team will be far better in February than it is in November, and I think people need to understand that, that maybe early on, uh, there's going to be a few matchups. Uh, I look at Purdue early on the road where, you know, if it doesn't go Florida State's way, and I'm not writing Florida State off because the Noles have, have been able to go and, and get big wins, but there are going to be matchups where Florida State's going to take its pumps. And then there might be moments where you're like, dang, I don't know about this squad. I don't know about this group. But stay with them. Let them continue to develop because it is a team that by February and early March could be peaking like that one did. And uh, it, it, that's all that really matters, right? At the end of the day, it's how you're playing when it counts. So uh, I'm excited. I, I think the parts are there. I, I agree with you that this might be a team that's some of its parts in, in terms of, of it's going to take everyone a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, but maybe Caleb Mills is the difference. And, and I think, you know, to what Adrian's question was, only time will tell, right? Like that's 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 all that we can do is wait and see until the season comes.
5: So, so let's get into a little bit of this non-conference stuff. I feel like it's a lot tougher than you originally think on paper. Because you start with Penn, who beat Alabama on the road first year, first game of the year two years ago. Then you go right at Florida. First weekend of the season, they've got a bunch of scores. Then you play Loyola. There's a couple games that you play Loyola Marymount, who's, I think, really good. They're, they're third in the West Coast Conference last year, same conference Gonzaga's in. There's some sneaky matchups in there, and obviously Purdue's. I think a final four contender. I think they're one of the best teams in the country, but there, there's a, there's some tough games in the non-conference slate. H- how do you think Florida state slides through it all?
4: Yeah, I think that you're right. I think that early on, I think they're going to take some bombs early and it's because, you know, when you're trying to, like we said, when you're trying to bring all these new players in, you guys know that it's, it's just hard adjustment. I don't care how talented you are, you know, you know, Matthew Cleveland is not going to have, he hasn't had to deal with the fact of people scheming very specific for him once you get to like, you know, game two or three or Jalen Worley or, you know, and even Caleb Mills. I mean, he's had a little bit of that first year at Houston. I just think it's good. They're going to take their lumps. And especially, I worry about, especially we talk about a lot of Marymount teams like that, even Penn, when you're playing against a veteran team. You know, on paper, we're more talented, but when you know, all that comes out the window when you're playing against guys who've got college basketball experience. So I think they're gonna take the lump they're gonna take the lumps early. And I agree with Aria. like everybody doesn't need to freak out, you know. I mean, if one thing Leonard Hamilton has taught you, I don't know what it is, but you know, it's, we always call it the magic sorcery of Leonard Hamilton, where this team looks like they're gonna be awful, you know, because you really think about it. That team before COVID happened, that team that uh finished fourth. You know, we almost lost to Western Carolina, and we were all like, this team is terrible. Like, what are they going to do? And then, but they just find a way, you know, because I think it's their culture. So I agree with you. I think they're going to take some lumps early. Um, but as long as, listen, for me right now, as long as we continue to just keep owning Florida, um, you know, that's all I really care about right now. You know, I mean, like you tell it, you're saying, Mike White, every time we play Florida, Mike White, rent's due. You know what I'm saying? Like, rent is due. So I hope we keep that going.
6: Yeah, I'm I'm interested in this Penn team. Uh because and Adrian, from your experience and Austin, maybe you can shed some light on it too. How weird is it to play a team that hasn't doesn't have film from the prior season? Like you're going based off a roster from two years ago. I just and it's game one of the year. Like you've seen nothing from them really. So like I don't even know what to expect from Penn. I have nightmares of Ivy League teams in Florida State. Like I, I know what Ivy League teams in Florida State have the battles that they've had uh,
4: in the past. Yeah, let me and tell you this. I, let, yeah. let, let me t- I will tell you this. We played uh, Princeton, and I still have nightmares of playing Princeton. i am tell you what, man, I've never been back – I've never seen somebody hit me with a backdoor cut so many times and being a perfect defensive position and them still scoring. It was, like, awful. So, Yeah. That Those pin teams, they're going to be super disciplined teams and they're going to run their stuff. And so it is really hard when you can't really scout them. You don't have film. And so that's going to be a really tough matchup.
5: I I kind of get the feeling that, you know, this is going to be total Coach Ham talk, that they're just going to play their game and see what happens. That that, Yeah, they're going to have some film on these guys from two years ago, but you're not going to expect anything. You're just going to go out there, play your scheme, play your system and see what happens. And if things have to be adjusted at halftime, I fully trust the staff to be able to adjust to whatever Penn wants to do. Hopefully, they're able to just out-athlete them all game as, as they work through the kinks, especially on offense. Uh, I know you guys both alluded to it, but it, there, there's going to be times this year where, where Matthew Cleveland cuts weak side when he's supposed to cut strong side. Or someone doesn't roll to the basket hard enough. It, there's going to be that. I wish it wasn't against – you know, I wish you didn't have to start out with a team that you don't have a film on for two years and then a solid Florida team immediately after that. I wish you didn't have to start that way. But that's the way the schedule lines up, and we'll see what
6: happens. I, I tried to dive into their stats from two years ago on Ken Palm and, and just to kind of see some trends. And the one thing that I took away that made me smile a little bit at least was that for an Ivy League team, uh, they do like to get up and down the court. They were top 70 Uh, in adjusted tempo two years ago. So they were about 70 to 71 possessions a game. Whereas, I mean, Adrian, that Princeton team wanted to play that thing in the uh, low sixties and high fifties. It was, they were miserable uh, with the way that they were trying to slow the tempo down. But um, yeah, I mean, Penn's going to be interesting. And then Florida game two, I keep like telling myself one of these years, like it's going to happen. Like streaks are meant to end like they are. But until I see it, I'm not picking a Mike white team. Like I just, I got to see it. And it just feels like too with Mike white's teams. The last couple of years, he keeps having to like bring in a ton of new guys. It's like every year. Oh, another four transfers are going to Florida. I'm like, well, that's nice. But uh, playing them game two of the year is going to be awesome. I think that's, that's advantage Florida state. Um, I do think the Gators will be a good team by the end of the year. They've got some studs that they brought in, but game two. That's, you're not going to see Florida State's length, athleticism, uh, and ball pressure um, too many times, especially not in practice in the first few weeks uh, into November.
5: Yes, yeah, so I put this in my schedule preview article on Monday about Florida. They, they get in four really talented guys. You get C.J. Felder from Boston College, Marion Jones from Penn State, Brandon McKissick from Missouri, Kansas City, and Flanders Fleming from Charleston Southern. Those four combined for 62 points per game last year. But the only issue is those teams were terrible. Those teams were combined at twenty-nine and sixty eight. Twenty-nine and sixty-one. Mm-hmm. Just terrible teams. And then you look at the roster top to bottom, they only have two guys above six foot five. Whereas you look at Florida State, they've got one scholarship guy shorter than six four. I just I think it's a matchup nightmare for for Mike White. And no one knows how to muddle an offense like Mike White. I mean, we've seen that year after year where no matter the talent, they just they have a lot of games early on when they're the 58s, the 62s. Like you just, you just see that so often. So I'm pretty confident in that game. I I, I kind of expect it to be like that elite eight year where we kind of go down just whoop them a little bit. I'm not expecting a 23 point win like that year was, but I wouldn't be surprised if we went down there and won by double. Digits. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised.
6: No, Adrian, I'm interested in your thoughts too on, on Purdue, because that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and that's not an easy place to play, Mackey Arena. Uh, that's a Purdue team that a lot of people are, you know, it's kind of a sexy pick for a Final Four. They're like, oh, that's going to be the team to watch out for in the Big Ten. So um, I do like that we get, I think, five to six days of rest. And, and, six and days. A week of practice Before we have to play them, which is a lot better than when we had to go to Assembly Hall and play uh, Indiana um, on, what was it, like a day and a half rest? One
5: after- day, because after the Emerald Coast Classic, they, they beat Purdue and then they get one day off and have to fly to Indiana.
6: Yeah, so, I mean, Adrian, I don't know, what are your thoughts on Purdue and, and, and how Florida State's got to stack up against them?
5: Yeah, I think here's the deal,
4: you know, I think, you know, when you look at it talent for talent, I mean, we match up well. I think when you play that early in the year on the road with young kids, it's going to be a tough matchup. Now,
3: what's really hard
4: is, like, sometimes with five or six days prep, you know, Florida State has just – they do a really good job. You guys all know this. They do a phenomenal job in, like, scouting and getting those guys ready. So, I know the kids will be ready, but it's a whole different thing about the coaches getting them ready versus them having to actually go execute, you know, in an environment like that. Because, you know, you're playing and, you know, you have Florida or whatever, but playing, again, as a guy who's from the Midwest, like – that's that's a very difficult place to play basketball in so i think it's going to match up i mean i think it's going to be a tough i mean let me tell you this if this team can start off early and get that as a win um i will be really i mean again i'll be really shocked uh, but i that, but that'll speak to man if they develop that fast i think there's going to be a special group if they can't because again those are just you know even you, you don't matter if you're playing purdue you're playing Indiana. Anyways. That's just being from a basketball mecca, man. That's just a tough place to play, and so um, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a very tough matchup. But, we, you know, but again, the five or six days of rest will actually help us because I think it's the preparation time they're going to need.
3: And awesome. I, I think
5: Go I think the time. thing that's um, that's slept on with Purdue, Trevion Williams' ability to create for others. I mean, they give, they give him the ball at, at the perimeter and just let him make plays whether it's for himself or for others and he's he's such a willing passer which you don't really see out of a guy that's you know 16 17 point per game guy but he's just special and then when you put him on the bench you bring in a guy that's seven foot four and set in zach edie who's who moves really well for his size and i mean really well for his size that i don't know how our boys are going to do against that obviously we have the length on the perimeter that we can collapse on them give them extra pressure give them stunts off the wing but it's going to be it's it's unlike any other matchup they're going to play all year and arguably in the last few years because I, I can't tell you the last time they played a five-man that could create like like Trevion
6: Williams can. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. That's that's you know you want those tests early. I don't know about you two or even I mean Dustin and Logan. I feel like I haven't heard from you at all. Hey,
1: here's you the know. deal. I how was just thinking in the background, like I just said, I'm t- I'm taking notes. I'm in class. Like it just goes to show how uneducated and stupid I am.
2: We brought you fun. guys on here to do all the talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, we brought <did. laughs> you. <laughs> Dustin knows way more basketball than I do, but I think he's also said that his Celtics suck, and Scotty Barnes just obliterated them. But uh, just a little bittersweet there for him. But I'm, I'm learning. It. I think a lot of the also listeners and the viewers are also learning, too, because it goes to show how much I don't know about basketball overall. Like, y'all talking about other players and the people that have transferred there? I have, uh, I don't know a damn name. I don't know a damn name. <laughs> so I'm learning, you?
6: Come on. Well, here's my question: How how excited are you guys for the rematch against UCF? Because I feel like we owe those hmm. fools some payback. Man. I you can't every time I, I, like that. And every get time think it that game, I
5: cry a little bit. It was just one of those games where no matter what UCF was throwing up, it doesn't matter if they're in double cut. Like they, they could have been double teamed in the corner. They're just making everything. No matter what Florida State threw at them, they're just making everything. It was a one in a million game. And I can't wait for this Orange Bowl matchup to be one of the other 999,000 games. Cause I just, I think we're going to go down there and embarrass them, hopefully. It's a talented team. Don't get me wrong. UCF's got some talent, especially when you're bringing in um, that transfer from UNLV that Florida State took a look at. It's a really talented big, can play the perimeter, guard the perimeter really well. He, he was Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year for a reason. But I hope we go down there and just <laughs> kick their ass. <laughs> Cause we owe them one. We, we absolutely owe them one.
2: Yeah, it was just yeah, it I, was a fluke game. They were hitting everything last year. So huh. I think 20 point or so win should make things feel a little bit better. I'm pretty sure that was the night random, but I'm pretty sure that was the night I got engaged too. So just <laughs> no comment. Absolutely no
1: comment.
2: that made everything great.
6: <laughs> oh man. I, I think it guy? was. How dare you love somebody? Like how dare you try to make yeah. them out better? I mean, right. had a win streak, man. What, what's going on?
1: No, FSU doesn't have a game on January first, right? They don't ever do that. Do they? Yes, yes, That's when he's getting they,
5: married. They play at uh, They play at NC State. That's January an L. 1st.
1: That's an L. I don't know what it is. No, whatever the matchup looks <laughs> like, but that's an L. listen I don't think
5: I can be at your wedding because Raleigh is Did an they hour actually and a half play on, on January first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: There was not a lot of good – well, there was decent play. I'm just glad he didn't have a wedding during football season, but he decided to do it during it? Bowl game Winner-ish. season. Yeah, no, a little odd. So Austin can't even go to your wedding now? I, I mean, Raleigh is an hour
5: and a half away from me. That's and his I choice, man. I'm the lead basketball writer, so, I mean.
1: <laughs> I think Dustin would rather have him go to that than come to his wedding. That's how the world we live in.
3: We'll
5: All save right. some money.
1: <laughs> More food for you, <laughs> Dustin. I'll still true. send a
5: gift. Oh, I'll still send a gift. I'm not. I'm not that kind of douchebag. We going to
2: get me a know. blender or something. Shake <laughs> weight.
5: <wait. laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: I know you ain't spending that much money on me. It ain't gonna be that nice. <laughs> we'll see. We'll Some see. We're we still two
5: months out. How about shoes. a pair of
1: shoes? Share shoes.
5: I, we don't have anything gray. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, getting get, getting back on track a little bit. I want to get you guys thoughts overall in the ACC before we get into ACC play, like, who do you think is going to be contenders? Who do you think people are sleeping on? What can we expect?
6: Go ahead, Arya. All right, I'll jump in first. Uh, Wow, I think the ACC is up for grabs as it's been, I think, in in a couple of years. Um, Duke, you know, I hate to say them first because we're going to be so annoyed at hearing about Duke and my, and, you know, and coach K's farewell tour. It's going to be so nauseating by the end. Um, Jesus, but they're talented as they always are. They've got five stars on their bench and all these McDonald's all Americans that are walk-ons and I'm just kidding. But like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's uh, it's Duke. I do expect them to bounce back. I think they had a weird year last year too, with uh, a kid, um, you know, quitting on their team essentially in the middle. And it made
5: the team better. Like, it made no sense.
6: And it just was weird. And then uh, the rest of them just, like, they couldn't really navigate COVID. And it's hard to, to get that many young players, um, as, as Adrian's already touched on, you know, or, you know it's, it's hard to get young players to be cohesive. And, and I think Coach K probably it hurt his program as much as anyone to, to have that COVID year where they didn't have the time um, to be able to kind of build their foundations and their principles and instill those. Um, Virginia, I think, will still be a good team um this could be the year that they take a step back but tony bennett to me is like coach hamilton where until i see it like i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he'll put together a solid product by the end uh, a lot of people are high on north carolina like they think you know uh, coach davis is um putting together a you know a, a good roster i think they're talented yet again they've got some really good returners um but, yeah, I think Florida State, like, being picked second to me was not that big of a surprise because there are a lot of question marks. Uh, a dark horse for me uh, this season in the ACC, um, I really like Notre Dame. I know that's actually a lot of other teams like Notre I Dame. love but Notre Dame. They're old. Like, they have some older players. Mike Brays, an offensive genius. If he can get those older kids to play, like, average defense, that's, a, that's an NCAA tournament team.
5: And the thing is they get their old assistant coach back who used to coach – who used to specialize with their defense? He comes back to Notre Dame. I forget his name off the top of my head, but getting him back is huge. And I think one of the most slept-on transfers in the country is Paul Atkinson. Uh, I've raved about him on other podcasts. He comes over from Yale, but he's he's got some of the best footwork I've ever seen from a seven-foot skinny white guy. I mean, the kid just destroys in the post. And he was fe- obviously he's feasting on Ivy League teams, but he played really well against Clemson a couple of years ago. I think that team's good, especially if you can improve Prentice Hubs' efficiency a little bit. I really like that Notre Dame team.
6: Yeah, same. Uh, Syracuse is another one that I think could be pretty decent. Um, that's another program that it just seems like they're playing better ball at the end. And if they make an NCAA tournament, it's like, man, that's going to be a nightmare to have to prepare for, um, especially if you get them second. Um, Buddy Beheim and then JG, you know, JG3, Joseph Girard. Um, that's a pretty good core, uh, pretty good backcourt there to have. So I like Cuse. Uh, you also get
5: Jimmy Beheim from Cornell. Now you got yeah. three Beheims in that program.
6: Gosh, there's going to be a fight at some point internally. Those, those, that, that <laughs> <behavior>. <laughs> it just seems like a, a reality television show waiting to happen. Uh, but uh, I like them. And then I actually think Virginia Tech's going to take a step forward too. I, I think Coach Young is fantastic at what does, and uh, they started off really hot last year, and they kind of they faded but I kind of like them to at least learn a little bit from their mistakes last year and take a step forward. So those are the teams off the top of my head. I mean, NC State, until they prove to me, they're not a middle-of-the-pack ACC team. They're, they're not going to. Georgia Tech, I thought, had a nice season, um, and I've actually done some work with them in the past, but they lost a lot. Uh, they have DeVoe and Usher coming back, which is a good nucleus, but I just don't think that Georgia Tech recruits at that level um, to be able to kind of – Keep it going, if that makes sense. They did get mm-hmm. Dallin Coleman, who Florida State loved. I mean, they yeah, wanted him bad. badly,
5: but yeah. Other than that, that I don't, I don't like the front court. I mean, going from Moses Wright to
6: Rodney Howard is one of the biggest drops off you'll ever see. And you lost Jose Alvarado, which to me, that's like uh, Trent Forrest. You know, Diet Coke Trent Forrest, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, just yeah. more. <laughs> it's been likes to use the uh, term keto. So, uh, "keto." Keto Trent Forrest. Um, and oh, my keto is shorter and, and not as good, but um, Jose, Jose, though, was kind of like that heartbeat of that program, um, for a few years, too. So losing him was big, but yeah, I don't really know much else. I think the usual suspects at the bottom are probably not going to be great. I think Wake still has a huge turnaround ahead of them. Uh, BC's probably not going to be heard from. Um, and I'm sure I just listed every team in the ACC, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think, uh, I- yeah.
4: I, I would agree with you. One thing about BC it's get to a point with BC. Listen, I talk real reckless. It's get to a point with BC. I'm like, man, you're getting to a point where they like, you know, how in Europe you have like the transfer, like, you know, like the league, you know, you go down a level. Like, can we like swap them out for like a, like, can we swap them out for like the top team in the swack or something? Cause I'm like, they're just, you know. And then on top of that, I'm like, you know, I like you just, even you really go sideways, but then you side with New Balance. Like, I'm like, you know, my kid's coming out, right? And, like, they come. I'm like, my son, I'm like, yeah, you're not going there. I'm sorry. Like, they wear New Balance. Like, you know, like, you know, I just I just don't like, I don't think they're not helping. It's like back to the day when Georgia Tech wore Russell. I'm like, who signed? You know what I mean? Like, like you know, anyway. But I will say this. I do think, uh, you know, going back to what you guys said about Georgia. One thing about Georgia Tech, I will say, I'll start kind of in that level. One thing about Passioner is that he just figures a way. It's annoying. But he just figures a way to keep them around because he just – I mean, to his credit, they switch up defenses. He comes with some rando zone that they'll run where, like, defense, have no idea insane. what they're in. Yeah, it just starts off – you know, he'll start with four dudes at the top. And then you're like, what are you running? But somehow he keeps them active. So I think they won't be too bad. But I think at the end of the day, you know, dudes got a killer, you know. Uh, the kid they've got, Apollo, I mean, the kid's a killer. And, I mean, and he is um, – I mean, he's – I mean, I've watched him. He's special. Um, So I think they're going to be good. UNC, I don't know because we don't know how Hubert Davis is going to coach. I will say if Hubert Davis coaches the way that it has been, like I actually feel good about that, the Florida State guy, because that was the issue I've always felt with North Carolina. It was like I felt like they were still playing like in the late 90s, early 2000s. You know, every time I'd watch them, I'm like, can somebody please get out of the way? You know, you got two bigs inside. Like, you know, it's, you know, 1997. You know, and I'm like, man, can you know, so will they spread the floor? What will they do? I think that's going to be a big thing. But, um, you know, Syracuse is going to be good. They're going to be tough. I think kind of my sleeper, I agree. I think Virginia Tech's going to be pretty good. I think they're going to actually be really good. And so I worry a little bit about them. But, you know, Ari had a more insight. Ari named every team in ACC. So, uh, you know, and uh, I thought you were about to pull on some SEC schools, too. So
5: uh, I'll go ahead and end there. There's well, one I, team I'm surprised yeah. you didn't mention, both of you guys, and that's Louisville. I, 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 feel like you know, it's, I was going to say, I
6: missed one. I and I it feel like, like I'm so
5: high on Louisville, and no one else is – everyone else is like, yeah, they'll be like sixth. I think this team just has so, so many scores.
6: it's Mack is like Mike White ACC version. Like, dude, they <laughs> <so>. oh, <laughs> it's,
5: it's, it it's so – Mack, so Mack is soft. suspended for the first six games of the season, so they might get off to a rocky start. And There's, there's a lot of pressure there right now. So if they do get off to a rocky start – like it, I, I think they're talented, but who knows? Who really knows? Yeah. I think Florida State's still so wound up from that Xavier game in 2017 that they just oh, they dude. want to own it to Chris Listen. Mike every time. And the fact and that think, they get the record-breaking game at home against Louisville, that place is going to be a lot of fun.
4: <laughs> I will say this about Chris Mack: the one thing I do, I think Chris Mack really can coach basketball. But what I really struggle with Chris Mack is when like. You know, there comes a point in time where you just can't keep being your players are just soft. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like the old school coach is, like, kind of default thing. You know, our guys aren't tough enough. I'm like, well, maybe. You know, or, you know, whatever it may be. But I think I agree with I think he can coach. But I mean, again, I think the guy can really coach basketball. And every time I watch him, but, you know, like you said, Florida State just has, for whatever reason, man, they have his number. You know, after what happened to Xavier, you know, that one year now, it's just like, yeah, I feel like he can't do anything You with know, what Florida State does, but I do think they're going to – I mean, he's always going to have his team in the game because this is how he can coach.
6: Yeah, I mean, but like his teams at, at Xavier were, were tough, man. I mean, J.P. Makura and like oh – a my God, it, I semi they were annoying. They were annoying, but they played like, <laughs> the on their shoulders. Like, But J.P. Makura, if he was on your team, like if J.P. Makura was Wyatt Wilkes, you guys would be like, oh, dude, this is that guy. He is that dude. I you just, know what? I mean? The I thing see. I hated
5: most about Mikura, and this is the most petty thing to be annoyed about, the the little flick he does at the end of his shot. Oh my God! It drove me insane because he hit that <laughs> long shot with Brandon Allen in tw- in the 2018 game. I'm like, I hate this kid. I just <laughs> I could not stand him. But go on to your point. The, uh, then, you uh, feel that way? Let me tell you, the way you feel about
4: him, the way you feel about him, the way I feel about Alvarado, like. Dude, let me tell you right now, now, last year, like, I mean, there's very few college players I don't like. That kid, I I mean, he would play, and I'm just like, I mean, it was just annoying watching it the entire time, you know? And so, I mean, he was my least favorite. He's been one of my least favorite players uh, in in a long time in college basketball. But anyway, sorry.
6: That's a... That's like first team all punchable face or whatever you want to call it. Like, <laughs> all punchable face game right there. Is that, is that trio right there?
5: <laughs> so once we get into is ACC he... play a little bit, January's you get some games at home. You get Louisville. You get Duke at home. But then February you have that brutal stretch at Duke, home against Clemson at Carol or actually no, sorry at Carolina, home against Clemson at Duke at Virginia. What do we think this team's going to be looking at <laughs> come late February?
4: I think first of all, I think there's somebody in the ACC office who just doesn't like Florida State cause it's like every other year we have like some brutal thing, you know what I mean, where we have to run. Um, I think it's this. I think do somebody, I mean, I think when we get to that point, we're going to see what the team's really. Having that run at that part of the year, I think it'll be actually really good for us because it's going to see what you got. And I think if that group can come out of there somehow, you know, which again, if that group comes out of there three and four, or something like that, I think you're looking at an incredibly special group. You know, I think if they split during that time, you're still looking at a pretty good group, but I think it's at a really good time because again, you know, you've had December and you guys know you got that December break where you got like that practice time. Um, uh, you know, you get the rest and I think you start making that ACC round. So I think it's a good time
6: frame for them. Yeah, hundred percent agree. You know, I think a lot of times in the ACC, it's about, you know, you liken it to a, a heavyweight boxing match. It's sometimes you just got to take some licks, but you got to manage, you know, manage the middle of the round and just kind of get, you know, to a point where you have your opponent weaker. And in this, this case, your opponents, the, the schedule, right. And you've kind of worn every, you know, every team's worn down at the end. Um, and if you could just manage, I, I always like to go and, and like you do, Austin is, um, break them down into pods, right? This three, these four, these two. And I'm always like, Hey, if you can take two or three right here, if you can take a split right here, if if you could win, all right, you might lose two out of three here. But if on the back end, when you have three straight home games, if you can find a way to take care of business in, in Tallahassee three times in a row, um, in the end of, a uh, of a massive ACC schedule, you know, you're going to be in a pretty good spot and you're going to be uh, knocking on the door at the end to, to win it. I do think this team will play with a chip on its shoulder. I think they'll remember last year. Um, they kind of let the ACC regular season slip away from them um, at the end. So um, I just. Not just uh, regular season. Let's be honest. They, they should have had that title game. Both. You're right. Uh, but I do think this team will remember. And I think uh, as we alluded to earlier in the show, Osborne and, and Polite, we're going to have to be catalysts.
5: And then we get to the tournament. But before we end this podcast, I'll run a little bit short on time. What What is your expectation? Is this another Sweet 16 team? What are we thinking as far as the tournament?
4: Yeah, I think this group is – I actually think this group is either – they're going to be second-round Sweet 16 team. Um, I actually personally believe this team's one year away. I think that this is going to be an important year. I still think, you know, again, if you look back going think everybody's going to have to be remember you know, the, the dark out of Florida State basketball, we never thought we'd be at this place now where we're, you know, hey, a second round or a 16, you know, we're kind of a little bit like, ah, disappointed. But I think that's going to be this group this year because I actually think next year, you know, you get a majority of those guys back, those young guys with the group they got coming in, I think you're going to have a super special group. Um, you know, I think next year's group, you could have a Final Four level team next year if everybody comes back. Um, I think what the guys are adding, you know, Han, you know, Coach Ham's always going to pull somebody from somewhere we've never heard of. You know, he's got a seven footer you know, somewhere, and like you know, get, get know, ready for Butiab
5: like, from uh, from Morocco. He's coming. Yeah, <laughs> that's what
4: I'm saying. My man, my man's got the Congo connector. Uh, you know, already on you know, speed uh, always. So it's like you know, some some seven footer from somewhere coming. So, um, but I think, but I think, the answer to answer your question, I think we'll be a three sixteen. Second round, second day, uh, second round,
6: Sweet Sixteen team. Yeah, you know, for me, it's hard uh, because the NCAA tournament is an animal of its own, right? Like that whole thing. So much of it is about matchups. So much of it is about just who you play and how. Like I said, how you match up statistically and stylistically against some of those teams. So I don't know if I'll just if I'll give a round prediction. That's really hard um, without knowing who they're playing. But I will say, like seed line. I think this is probably a a five seed, maybe a six seed type of team. And so um, whether they move on to the second round, you know, or the sweet 16, I think will depend on if they're a five seed, who's your 12, right? Are you going to get just a miserable matchup as a 12 seed? Um, If you're a six seed, uh, can you upset, you know, the three seed in the second round or or however it may be, however you want to dice it up. So I think this is probably a a five or six seed with a, a four seed ceiling type of team. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think we can make a sweet 16. I think we can make an elite eight, um, but I'm not as confident as just saying as ah, the final four caliber team um, without having seen the season play out first. So um, that's my answer. Five seed, six seed, um, and wherever the uh, cards fall, let them and we'll see how it goes.
5: Logan, I believe it's your chance to take us to the outro.
1: I'm going to take us to the end. Are we not doing number like record, Prediction kind of dealios. I, I feel like I feel like harder to do that in basketball. Yeah, yeah.
6: I, I, I think, think, played ar- I think we,
1: we played around with it last year a little bit.
6: We could do 20. I think we'll win 20 games. Like, I do think I do think this yeah. team wins north of 20 games again, and I do think they win. You know, I do think they finish top four in the ACC, and I feel confident in, uh, in those statements. Yeah, Perfect. I couldn't. I
4: mean, yeah, I would agree with the same thing. I think another you know, 20 one season. You know, I actually think this group, if they can stay dialed in, I actually think this could be a team that could get to, you know, they could get to another ACC championship game, you know, because I think they're just going to be, so they're going to be good defensively. And whenever you can guard, um, that always that always keeps you in the game. And I think if this group really buys it, I think they're going to be really good defensive. So I can see this group 20-plus games and potentially getting to the AC championship again.
5: So here's what I'll say. Um, I'm still going through my schedule previews. We're doing a month every day this week. The way the schedule sets up in, like, late December, early January, I, I just love the way that sets up for Florida State because all your tough games are at home. You get Syracuse at home, Louisville at home, Duke at home. And all of your road games are teams that we don't expect to be good. You know, you're, you're at Boston College, at NC State, at Wake Forest, you know, at Miami. It's like these teams you don't expect to be great. So you get a chance to build some road confidence f- for a really young and inexperienced team that's not used to playing, you know, ACC-level competition. They get to gain some confidence before you get to that stretch in late February. I'm I'm a little bit higher. I, I, I think, to me, the floor is like 23-24 wins. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in that 25-26 win category if everything clicks when it's supposed to. Obviously, I'm not going to come out and expect it, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if everything starts clicking. The young guys are, are learning the system faster than they're supposed to. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get to that level. Um, and I, I think there'll be a second-weekend team, but like Ari said, until you get matchups, you never know. You really mm-hmm. never know. You could come out against a, a Liberty team like two years ago who just they're only going to play – 50 possessions and just absolutely grind out every single possession. So we'll see. But I really have high expectations for this team. It, if you get one of Bosch or Raekwon Gray back for this year, you're looking at a team that could, could have been a Final Four team. But I think I still think it's a very talented team, and I think it's a very guard-heavy team, which, which bodes well for, for college basketball.
1: Well, I think this was a fantastic preview, a good 45 minutes or so, even more, previewing this upcoming season. I want to About thank us. Yeah, I want to thank Dustin Lewis and Logan Robinson for carrying this whole conversation on previewing this season.
6: Um, We're glad to be here. We're glad to be here.
1: Yeah, but no, seriously, though, thank you, Aria, for hopping on here along with Adrian. This has been awesome. Both of y'all did a fantastic job along with Austin, too. I think this was by, by far the most educational season preview I think anybody can have heading into this upcoming season, and we'll be looking forward to having Austin linking up with you too, Aria on y'all show. And this was, this was awesome. I mean, it's everything that we wanted and more. And so I definitely appreciate you help me. I was able to take notes and everything. I was sitting here in class listening because <laughs> I was clueless on some things that's <laughs> <on basketball laughs> related but do you guys, where can we find you guys on socials too? And shout out the pods, everything radio, everything. Yeah. You
4: can just find me uh, on uh, Twitter, Adrian Crawford on Instagram, you know, Adrian Crawford five, um actually uh probably uh we'll be dropping let me i let you guys know i gonna be dropping a pod coming out soon um so i'll be letting you guys i can let you guys know more about that but if you need to know anything about adrian crawford five instagram i spend a lot of time on there or adrian crawford on twitter
6: yeah i'm on i'm on both as well twitter at aria Masuti. um on instagram aria underscore Masuti. um and uh love to connect with fans uh anytime that i can and uh yeah, you can catch me if you love women's basketball. I'm uh, the play-by-play guy there, and um, we have our own. Big podcast. season ahead. Yeah, uh, the they're t- top 20 team too. So, uh, Coach Sue's got them ready to rock. Um, but uh, it's good yeah, to have it, her back. No kidding, no kidding. They uh, they won 91 to 40 something tonight uh, in the exhibition. So, um, they're they're looking good. They've got really a lot close of. Game. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're different from the men in that they have a lot of familiar faces that have returned. So um, mm-hmm. that always bodes well for, for any team experience wins in college basketball. So we're excited about that. Uh, the Osceola, uh, if you know, if you, if you don't visit that site, uh, they do a great job over there covering both basketball, football, um, baseball, uh, and tuck talk is our podcast that I hope to have Austin on and uh, Adrian as well. So, um, I'm excited. I appreciate you guys having me. And I uh, just want to also say congratulations uh, to, to, you know, the Noel game day mm. website and, and the content moving over to sports illustrated is big time. And uh, I know how hard all of you have worked uh, over the last few years and all the challenges that you guys have had to overcome uh, to kind of get to where you guys have. So uh big congratulations to you guys keep up the good work and uh hope to continue to be allowed back on your shows and and, and to keep working with you guys we'll Great think
1: drive. if you we'll think if you can come back on we'll think about it we'll, we'll figure it out over a drink at township or something but thank you Arya, for the kind words definitely means a lot and it's been nice for you to have actually have your support too the last couple of years it's been good to know you too as a friend has been awesome so Definitely. thanks guys to everyone listening make sure you hit the like button subscribe all that kind of nature we're gonna hop off of here enjoy two and a half hour podcast Ooh, lordy help me we gotta go to sleep i gotta make dinner bye y'all have a great weekend